Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash is listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011, and you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold Seth Jones. The world is listening. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's time for Sunday Night Showdown with coverage of TNA Wrestling. Only on pay-per-view. Here are your hosts, the outlaw of the IWC, and your host of Wrestling News Live, the Trey Dog. Sorry, how about your damn luck? The Green White Mark, the Shark, the Carlo. I want to have intercourse with you. Uh, ooh, yeah, intercourse with you. Relations. Intercourse with you. <laughs> Real. Thinking naughty. And bring it via satellite all the way from New York City. New York City! Get a rope. The Bronx Father, Don Bronx, Tony Mirabella. You spend time with your family? Sure I do. Look, because a man that doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. With a special thanks to the man that makes it happen, the man holding down the controls in the SNS studio, our producer, Brassai. Where's the producer? Who's got a format for me? Where's the producer? And the showdown begins now. Welcome everybody, it's me, it's me, it's that D-A-W-G here on the SNS Sunday Night Showdown TNA coverage of 
locked down, I believe, in Nashville, Tennessee, my old stomping grounds. Love Nashville. Would love to be there live tonight, but somebody's going to hold down the fort and bring you all pay-per-view coverage, SNS style, and who better to play when the adults are away than the trade dog himself. I'm not alone. A marriage uglier than that of EY and ODB. Yes, there could only be one marriage uglier than that one, my friends, and that would be myself and the Bronx father. Bronxy, how are you this evening, buddy? Pretty good, man. How you doing tonight, Trey? I am ready for a hell of a pay-per-view. It's ironic because, you know, Eric Bischoff has been going along for so long with Immortal since Hogan turned and became Super Hulk again on the good guy's side. Immortal has really been consisting of Bischoff, Flair, Gunner, and Bully Ray. Right. That's a horrible fucking faction, ladies and gentlemen. I got I got to tell you, to be honest with you. But in less than fucking one week, he can put together a faction like this to go against his son, who has put together quite an impressive faction on its own. Uh, you know, I was impressed with Thursday Night's Impact. You and I were talking about it off the air before we started. Um, I think it's no secret here. We'll go ahead and jump into quick picks. As we start the pay-per-view with the Cage and Gunner versus Garrett Bischoff. Now, I didn't hear the beginning of this, and I'm not sure how this works. Is this on a timing thing? How does this every so many seconds or minutes another person comes to the ring? Oh, yeah, I see the timer now. Two minutes until the next combatant comes to the ring. Um, but we got plenty of time to do it, but we might as well just get it out of the way. I think this is a quick pick that almost speaks for itself. And that would be with Garrett Bischoff's team going over that of Father Eric Bischoff's team. So I'm going to take Garrett and the good guys, although there's always that uh, factor out there. But, Bronxy, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to take your side on this one. I think the babyface faction of Garrett Bischoff's team goes over, definitely. Um, it'll just... You know, the fans love nothing more than, than to see a guy they hate tortured. And if you have to see Bischoff going to court and changing his name and putting his head down and, and being humbled, Iron Sheik style, yeah. I mean, it, it's just something the fans are going to want to see. And like you said, his faction of Immortal is kind of eh. So I'm with you. I see uh, Garrett going over here. Now, one thing I want to say as we start the show, let's get a few things out of the way. I want to thank, number one, and most importantly, uh, J.J. Sexay, the uh, founder and the father of the network, for allowing us to do the show tonight, number one. Number two, our best wishes and get well soon thoughts and prayers to Harmony Boom Boom Sexay. Uh, number three, I haven't been the main host of a show, and I can't tell you how long, uh, so bear with me as we try to get through this. The shark normally would be the one dictating the pace on tonight's show. He has got some family issues to deal with, so he will not be joining us tonight. It's just yours truly and the Bronx Father. I'm broadcasting live from Tornado fucking Alley right in the middle of Oklahoma, and the Bronx Father coming to you live from New York City. So we've got your bases covered, and I think, Bronxy, 
that I slept with Mother Nature's daughter because she is pissed off at me and following me around everywhere I've lived in the last 10 years with deadly fucking tornadoes. Yeah, this could turn into tornado tornado news live number two, man. I, I hope everything's cool out there. I read about that, that uh, obviously Trey's area, the Midwest, is getting hammered by freaking tornadoes. So The place that I lived before I came back home, Woodward, Oklahoma, was devastated by a tornado last night. Oh, man, I, I hate to hear that. I hope, you know, people are okay. Not just you know, your physical well-being, but to lose every damn thing you, you own, and if you're not insured, my God, I can't even imagine that. I have spoke to the one person in that entire city that I care about, and he's okay, so I'm all right. The rest of them can all go up in a big ball of shit for all I care, but damn, bad memories. We don't want to get into that. Anyway, as the clock has expired, Bully Ray has come down to join Gunner. It's now two-on-one and ugly on Garrett Bischoff and his wind pants <laughs> as he is being beat down. And rumors have had it, rumors surfaced this week that uh, Bully Ray in line for a title shot. Now, the guy has gotten better. I will give the guy credit. He's become a heel on his own that I never expected him to be able to pull off. It's not fair. It's not fair to judge Bully Ray's heel run by Devon's face run because they are two totally different ends of the spectrum. Bully Ray has earned his right to, I would say, main event and, and go for a title. I don't know if you put one on him yet or not. Um, my biggest beef with Bully Ray is get some different fucking clothes. <laughs> That shirt he's wearing has got a fucking reek, man. He wears it in every match he's in. He wears it in every promo he's in. It's like the Simpsons, where the characters never change their clothes. Yeah, but you don't get in the ring and wrestle the Simpsons. Well, I mean, I hope he at least has more than one or he launders it. But, you know, as far as Bully Ray, I was talking to someone about this this afternoon. I'm not going as apeshit nuts as the internet the iwc is about him getting a title run you know first of all like you said he's done a great job secondly you know he's got he's got to be almost done i can't see bully ray going for another five six years i wouldn't have a problem if he gets that title from a baby face champion and the fans will hate it so much seeing him come out with that title a cowardly heel I really wouldn't have a problem with it. I think the IWC needs to kind of lay off Bully Ray. He doesn't deserve it. Well, I would agree with you a little bit on that as well. Austin Aries, who has, within the last 30 days, gone babyface. Um, babyface, I guess, by association, babyface, because the crowd wanted him to be. Um, you know, That's the one thing that I will give TNA credit for over the WWE. And here's an example with Austin Aries, who they wanted to be a, a heel champion of the X Division. The crowd loves him. They they, they adopted him as a babyface and just decided to cheer for him no matter what. And boom, TNA delivers. They give you Austin Aries the babyface. You know, WWE had the same exact chance with Dolph Ziggler, and everybody was behind Dolph about, I don't know, three or four months ago, it seems like. And WWE said, no, we'll tell you when it's time to cheer this guy. And they made him an even bigger heel. Well, yeah, I've seen a great reduction in that type of booking in TNA since um, Russo left and, and the new booking committee took over. You know, 
I never liked you trying to force a heel or a face down our throats when we want them to be exactly the opposite. And you shouldn't always listen to your fans, but you know what? If a guy's getting cheered, you might want to make him a baby face. So, you know, TNA did the right thing here with Austin Aries. Now, as the pay-per-view continues, we are doing TNA coverage of lockdown in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, opening match tonight is uh, the Bischoffs versus the Bischoffs. And uh, you got Garrett's team versus Eric's team. Uh, started out with Gunner and Garrett. We still have, uh, then it went to Bully Ray, Gunner, and Garrett. Garrett got some help at Austin Aries. Now it's three on two, as it looks to me as if that's Crimson that just came into the ring and uh, has turned the tide for Eric Bischoff's team. So look for Matt Morgan to be next. Typical TNA booking tells me. That when the next good guy comes to the ring, it'll be that in the form of is that Kazarian? Hmm. Is Kazarian on that team? I don't have the teams in front of me. I'm just trying to watch on a small window here. Yeah, neither do I. I'm watching this as well. Did he cut his hair? Awesome. He looks like he's a fucking his hair's gone. Pulled an edge. No, not even that. <laughs> he pulled a Randy Orton. Yeah, uh, and you know, something interesting about Matt Morgan, really quickly. Holy have, shit, that is, it's Kaz. Have you read the news today that Matt Morgan sort of hinted that when his contract is up, he may not be staying with TNA? Why would you? What have you done for me lately? Well, true, true, Yeah, true. I mean, they pushed him to the moon. They gave him a, a, a serious run of title shots, as I do finger quotations. He came up short every time. Uh, was involved in a ridiculous program with heel Jeff Hardy and Immortal, where he was screwed every time, or the referee fucked him or something. Um, you know, with that being said, you look at the other side of the coin, and maybe he, WWE has seen what they didn't see the first time. Last time they had him, he was a stuttering idiot. Right. Um, but had Jim Cornette singing his praises. You know, if Jim Ooh. Cornette had a daughter his age, he would, he would have tried to gotten Matt Morgan to marry the bitch. I guarantee it. Wow. Did you see that? AJ Styles has entered for the good guy's team. I apologize on the Crimson thing. I, I just saw the bald-headed guy in the ring and assumed it was Crimson. It looked like him. Um, but Kaz has cut off all of his hair. He's uh, in the ring. It's now, uh, I believe, four on four as AJ has evened things up uh, for the good guys. And when he came to the ring, he slammed the cage shut on somebody's head, knocking yeah. them back into the ring. Go, AJ. I mean, and, you know, again, I apologize, too. You know, I'm blind in one eye. I can't see out of the other. So you got to, you know, give me an excuse. But <laughs> I saw AJ busting that steel cage door on someone's head pretty damn hard. So, you know, this isn't going to be like the WWE. You're going to see that cage get used. You know, you're not going to see doctors come out if somebody's wearing the crimson mask, as they say. They're not so, going to stop the match. Oh, no. And that's why I've been looking very forward to this pay-per-view. It's usually always a good pay-per-view for TNA. And props to TNA if you're a fan of the product or even if you're just a fan of the, of the sport and you follow this company's pay-per-views from time to time. If you've seen lockdowns in the past, 
lockdowns in the past have always usually been great pay-per-views, but they've had this ridiculous cage. Ridiculous cage. You can barely see through it to see the action. One year they cut big holes in it so they could put cameras in there. Uh, one year it was blue and electrified. Uh, I believe one year it was the butthole of doom. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've just gone through several different changes. This year, excuse me, this year they got it right. This year they've got a black steel cage in place, four-sided, looks good. You can see through the fence. You can see through the holes in the fence. You know, right now uh, Christopher Daniels has entered the ring for uh, Team Eric Bischoff. Nobody has been eliminated as of yet, to my knowledge. No, and kudos to them as well. I'm really digging those overhead camera angles that they're doing. Like, well, they- they've always done that. Well, they did that from the time Elix Skipper walked the cage and did the Hurricane Rana on America's Most Wanted. Oh shit! Garrett Bischoff just torpedoed like a lawn dart, Rey Mysterio style. My God! Into the cage as Bully Ray climbs to the top rope and is standing there waiting for somebody to feed him AJ Styles. Daniels has Styles. Bully Ray goes off the top turnbuckle. I must rule you with the double axe handle as Bully Ray climbs back up on the top turnbuckle again. Again, we've got, looks like, uh, I believe, uh, one, two, three, four. I think it's four on three is what the odds are right now. The fourth, the fourth baby face about to make his way to the ring to even the tides. Yeah. And Bischoff himself is in this match, correct? Eric Bischoff. I I, I don't know. I I would think so. I would think if Garrett has to be in it, then Eric has to be in it. I believe, yes, on Impact last Thursday, this past Thursday, Hogan basically goaded Bischoff into inserting himself into this match. And then, of course, RVD was introduced as a surprise participant on the side of Team Garrett. So... What I think is going to happen is we're going to have to get to a point where father and son start beating the shit out of each other. Well, and I'm not even sure what this match is as far as, is it elimination? Is it one pinfall, one, ex- one how does it work? How do we get a winner here? Um, it seems like the details of that weren't made pretty clear. In fact, as far as I knew, this was just going to start off, you know, with everyone in the ring, but I like the way they're doing it. This is, you know, this is cool. This is, uh, of course, it's almost like a Royal Rumble style entrance uh, gimmick where you have a new guy coming out every couple of minutes. It's almost like a Royal Rumble slash Survivor Series type match, and uh, they're pulling it off well. I have no problem with this format. Ashley is telling me that once the roof comes down, it's, it's a lethal lockdown. So once the roof comes down, um, it's one pinfall or submission to win for whatever team pulls it off. And it's hard to call this right now. This is, you know, it's a basically a clusterfuck. I mean, everybody, oh, well, yeah. everybody, you know, yeah, and we, is- we wouldn't want to have to call this match if we had to, but right now the, uh, odds seem to be, uh, even Mr. Anderson, the last participant to come to the ring for the uh, good guys, we got 30 seconds before it will begin to be a five to four uh, bad guy ratio in the ring. I believe Eric Bischoff is the next one to come out. 
guess we'll find out in 15 seconds if that actually happened. Yeah, and the thing I always loved about Eric Bischoff is this guy is legitimately a black belt in karate. I mean, he's a guy who, if it came down to it on the level, could probably really kick ass, but of course he, he can't do that. He has to be that Vince McMahon, you know, beating the old guy's ass type of thing. So, I... Karate's all fine and good until I get a hold of you. Right. <laughs> in a close, closed area, you know, you can spin around and kick as much as you want. You're not going to do much. Um, Bischoff enters the ring as a number five member of Team Eric Bischoff. And they are literally beating the hell out of Team Garrett Bischoff right now as all five bad guys are standing. And Eric is holding Garrett. As Bubba slaps the shit out of him on the chest with a nice open hand chop. And the good guys are just laying around watching. I mean, AJ's down. Anderson's down. You know, this Bam, is a, another chop to the chest. This is almost a scenario where I thought maybe at some point they'll be beating Garrett so bad that Eric will like say, okay, look, you know, that's enough. He's still my son. Doesn't look that way, does it? <laughs> no. And I don't have, uh, well, I do have a little crowd audio, but I don't have it pumping through my headset um, because we're trying to do a show. And I could, uh, there's no way I could listen to this and do the show at the same time same as, uh, you know, I do. And I do. And I, I usually do whenever it's the three of us. I have one ear on the crowd and one ear on the show. But, you know, being in the driver's seat and trying to keep this thing in a forward progression, there's no way I get too distracted as we have 30 seconds left. In match uh, number one, before all ten men are in the cage, and the roof, the roof, the roof is not on fire, but it is going to come down and lock these men into the cage. And lethal lockdown will be underway with all ten men still in the ring as the baby faces right now of Garrett Bischoff's team are getting their asses literally handed to them. Oh yeah. Not. Not one of them are on their feet. Not one of them look to be close to getting on their feet as RVD to one of the worst entrance songs ever comes to the ring and begins to clean house as he hits clotheslines and a super kick on Chris Daniels. Yeah, Now he's working on Gunner. He takes out Gunner and it looks like RVD is going to clear the ring of all the bad guys and get the baby faces back up on their feet. Yeah, I was just going to say that I was before RVD came out, I was going to be like, he's going to come out and start kicking some serious ass in typical babyface fashion. And he's certainly delivering. Now, the rumor was about six months ago, to my knowledge or less, that there was rumors that RVD was heading back to the WWE. And he was on, you know, basically he was jobbing to everybody. Um, now he seems to be back. Did he sign a new contract? Do we know? Is he going to be with TNA for a lengthy period of time? What's the story? Do you know anything about that? Not, uh, I don't know the particulars of it, but you know what? I hate to say it, uh, and this isn't a knock on TNA, but RVD's not going to go back to the WWE and job A and B have to pay $2,500 or whatever they're charging now when you get caught smoking weed. I mean, the guy smokes weed. He's made no bones about it. He was on the cover of High Times. So, Ooh, 
as uh, the roof does come down, Mr. Anderson does his pose as if to call for the microphone. But oh no, he's calling for the cage as Eric Bischoff himself is hiding behind the turnbuckle post and between it and the cage, trying to hide from everybody. And in typical uh, TNA lethal lockdown fashion, as the roof comes down, we have all kinds of hardcore items hanging from the roof. Uh, AJ Styles using the hockey stick on Bully Ray and his calves. And we've got trash cans, guitars. We've got Mr. Anderson laying people out with a trash can lid. The baby faces are making a comeback. And all hell is breaking loose, ladies and gentlemen, as these ten men are putting on one hell... Well, these nine men and Eric Bischoff are putting on one hell of an opening match to, to give you an idea of what to expect tonight for two and a half, three hours on TNA's lockdown pay-per-view. This is a great match to kick this show off. It's been a great match so far with a lot of high spots and a lot of oh-my-God spots. And now they've introduced the weapons. Yeah, this is hardcore, man. It, it roots. Roots in ECW seeing a match like this. I mean, I, and, and you know, I love this stuff. I know a lot of people, a lot of, you know, pure wrestling fans say, oh, you know, we don't like the hardcore style. But I'll tell you, like I told you before, I was looking very forward to this pay-per-view. And this first match thus far, it's delivered to my expectations. Just it, the only way to describe this match, it's been a clusterfuck. And it's going to continue to be that. And it's good to have a hard... Well, it's a good clusterfuck. Yes, exactly. There's a big difference in your definitions of clusterfucks. There's a bad one and a good one. And, and really, right now, to be honest, both Bischoffs are kind of playing possum as Garrett's laying down, letting his pups suck, and Garrett or Eric's being Eric's being pulled into the ring from his hiding spot by Austin Aries and AJ Styles. Well, see, to uh, elaborate, my definition of a clusterfuck is negative. My definition of it is just a bunch of people wailing on each other. It doesn't have any negative meaning to me. You know, I, it's just, it's just, you know, people getting hit with weapons and getting thrown around. And, you know, it's good to see a company do a hardcore pay-per-view right. Well, as I look at the, as I look at the crowd, they seem to be really into this match. I'm hearing decent audio from the crowd. Um, if somebody is listening and can give me a heads up, um, just how loud the crowd really is for this match, they seem to be pretty up for an opening match TNA lockdown as the baby faces still have control and Austin Aries is really working over Gunner until Bully Ray gets involved and Austin Aries turns it and starts working on Bully Ray. Well, I mean, it's good. You know, a lot of times you have an opening match that isn't too stellar. I'll be honest with you. I was not expecting not this. Not in TNA. Not in TNA. I yeah. think TNA does a good job of jerking the curtain with usually the right match on a pay-per-view, generally. Yeah. Not always. We've had James Storm squash Bully Ray in 15 seconds. We've had those. But for the most part, I think as a company, they get it right with their their curtain jerks on pay-per-views as it's finisher time in the match where everybody's hitting their finisher. Um, Kazarian just kicked AJ so hard his kids felt it. <laughs> I can't believe this is a guy who who wouldn't cut his hair for the WWE 
leaves the WWE, goes back to TNA, and now shaves his head bald. I think that's kind of a rib. I think that's kind of a rib to the WWE saying, you know what? You know, I'll make that decision. I mean, come on, telling a guy he has to cut his hair, that's kind of some Gestapo shit, you know? And I think it's a... Ultimate X going on right now. Yeah, it's a little jab at WWE. AJ Styles and Kazarian are hanging from the top trussle in the cage as if it were Ultimate X. AJ knocks Kazarian down off and down onto his back, and AJ falls and drops the elbow from the top of the cage. Oh, as Rob Van Dam goes up and hits the five-star frog splash on Kazarian to follow the elbow, if somebody can just get a pin, uh-oh, Cavazella up. Big boot to the face, running boot to AJ Styles. Picks up the chair, looks like it's going to be chair time. Nope, RVD. Oh. Kicks the, kicking the chair into the face of Bully Ray as we're still going back and forth and playing finisher time. Angel Wings on RVD from Christopher Daniels. Now it's time for Eric Bischoff to come in and fuck everything up while everybody's laying down in the ring. Again, you guys, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Sunday Night Showdown TNA style. We do this every TNA pay-per-view. We do this every WWE pay-per-view. We have a different set of hosts for each. We hope you enjoy the show tonight. Tonight is myself, the Trey Dog from Wrestling News Live, and... The, the Bronx, Bronx father Bronx. himself, Tony Mirabelli, and uh, Kendo Stick time for Eric Bischoff. As it's Jackie Robinson Day, he decided to pull out the lumber and start swinging a little bit. Um, want to welcome everybody that might be tuning in from uh, fourdown.org, our uh, Pick'em site that we've partnered up with. And uh, I've actually made my picks. I wasn't able to last pay-per-view because of my computer issues, but... I'm back, and uh, hopefully as the new season kicks off tonight, the SNS League will dominate, pull out number one after TNA lockdown as Eric Bischoff is beating Garrett Bischoff with a kendo stick like he stole something. Everybody is laying down in the ring except for Eric Bischoff and the kendo stick. Yeah, he's taking his kid to the woodshed, man, and, and I would just, you know... I still think that somehow this match is going to end with just the two Bischoffs going at it. And I think if if they do do that, it would be great. That's where this grudge is built. That's where the storyline is built from. You know, I mean, but Eric Bischoff, man, you want to talk about a heel. Again, there are some similarities, Vince and Shane, but there's no bigger bastard than a guy who's willing to beat down his own son like this. So, you know, Bischoff has known from day one how to get heat. Oh, Bischoff, Eric not, Bischoff gloating to the fans as you were talking about how big of a heel he is. And as he's playing to the fans in typical WCW slap nut style, Garrett Bischoff gets the Jeff Jarrett powder filled guitar and smokes Eric in the head, rolls him up against the pinfall. One, two, three, your winners of the match. Garrett Bischoff and Team Garrett in match number one. Team Garrett wins. Now, my question is, what last name is Eric going to pick after this? Hogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Ike and Mike, they think alike. Yeah, he's Eric- going to try to he's going to try to undermine Hogan and 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 become a illegitimate member of the Hogan family. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. I have no idea. No, actually, I I don't believe Russo is the name that he'll take. <laughs> Russo. Now it'd be funny if he came out with the last name of McMahon. There's nothing Vince can do about that. No, no, not at all. But you know. First match, uh, very good match. I enjoyed it. Thought it was exactly what it needed to be. I think the right team went over. I think the right guy got the pinfall. Right, exactly. And you and I, my friend, are one and zero. One and zero to kick things off for TNA lockdown. As uh, we build toward what tonight's main event will be, uh, my drinking buddy James Storm going against his fellow uh, former best friend. Robert Roode, and uh, trying to recapture that World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I don't want to spoil our picks, but I think that the Redneck gets her done tonight and wins. At least I got my fingers crossed for it anyway. But great opening match. A lot of holy shit moments in this match. As uh, Garrett Bischoff gets the pinfall on his father after his father beat the ever-living shit out of him with a kendo stick. Yeah, I mean, and TNA's replay in every great moment. You know, good replay segment. But um, I'm glad that it ended up with Garrett getting the pin. I think that's, uh, you know, the emotional victory. And uh, he's the guy who really needed to get get over with that pin. And I'll tell you, that guitar may be a prop, but I just saw the replay of that shot. That That's still got to hurt to some extent, man. Whether it's well, powder or whatever, I mean, shit. Well, I mean, they're special guitars. I know that when we interviewed Jeff once before, a long, long time ago, uh, Jeff told us that they are specially made, and he orders them by the hundreds to come in uh, to use them. Probably not so much anymore as he's not around wrestling, but um, I'd imagine he's got a garage full of these prop guitars. Um, I don't have a problem with it. You know, these guys don't need to be getting hit in the head with with real guitars and with steel chairs. I have no problem with them limiting the headshots. I mean, it, it it's just not necessary. The powder-filled ones look good. So you know what? At the end of the day, who cares? Why take a chance of giving a guy a concussion? If you remember back to the weekly TNA pay-per-views, um, back when you had to buy them every Wednesday night, the good thing about those was you never knew who was going to show up. Right. Um, a lot of times they'd show up, a wrestler would show up from the past, from WCW and be there for just that one week, just that storyline, and then he'd disappear. Uh, one of those was Rick Steiner. And one of the things I will never forget about Rick Steiner on the early TNA weekly pay-per-views was that he came to the ring in the main event, and Jeff Jarrett got the guitar... And smoked him with that guitar, and it stuck on his face. The guitar didn't explode. It didn't shatter into a thousand pieces. But the guitar, literally, the hole broke open big enough to go around his head and get stuck around his nose as he tried to pull it off and bat it away. I know that had to hurt, but... I will never forget that guitar shot on Rick Steiner as it just stuck. The powder went everywhere, 
but the guitar just stuck. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, back uh, in the WWE, the Honky Tonk Man was concussing people because they were using real guitars. Didn't he pretty severely mess up Jake Roberts? Well, I think Jake Roberts was already pretty severely messed up, but well, uh, the guitar shot didn't help. I'm sure that that didn't help. As we uh, switch gears from lethal lockdown and the Bischoff versus the Bischoff to uh, your tag team title match of the evening, this one for me a little harder to pick on fourdown.org. Um, as we did our picks today, or I did my picks yesterday, actually. Um, the roof is now back up off the cage, by the way, so it goes back to just being a normal non-roofed cage match. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns are back. Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. And they're taking on the uh, tag team champions that nobody really thought stood a chance because they were just thrown together in that tournament where everybody was just thrown together. But they kind of stuck because they gelled well and they 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 look good in the ring. They complement each other very well. And I'm talking, of course, of Chris Kelly's best friend Magnus and Samoa Joe, the tag team champions for TNA. And you know, I'll let you go first this time on on quick picks there, Broxy. But I got to admit that when it came time to make this pick, it took me a little while. I thought back to previous impacts. I thought about the future, what might happen. And uh, I'm a little worried about my pick here, but you go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm with you. Anytime I can sit in front of my computer for five, six, seven minutes and, and scratch my head, because I'm right with you. I uh, had a little trouble picking this one, but just because of their history with the company as a cohesive tag team, just because of the you know the way the fans feel about them, uh, uh, at the end of the day, I picked the machine guns to go over here. Okay, good, good, valid reason. Um, on the flip side of that, as they say, the other side of the coin. Um, number one, I'm not a real big fan of Chris Saban because he's fucking my future ex-wife. <laughs> number two, um, I just think it's too soon. He just came back. They've had one match. Since he's returned, I'm not sure that they really earned a tag team title match, but TNA fashion, they're here in the cage going against the champions for the belts. Um, I honestly thought long and hard about this and skipped it and came back to it later. And uh, my heart and brain were still in the same place. And I went with Magnus and Joe to retain the tag team titles. All right, so your hosts are split here, which means one of us is going to have to go one and one, but we shall see. Yeah, you never know which one of us is going to be, but, you know, I I think had this been a month or two down the road, um, it'd be really hard not to pick the machine guns, A, for the reason you stated, and B, because they are so damn good together. Um, but... I think with, with, with saving me and back for one match, you know, what happened to uh, Alex Shelley's pursuit of the X-Division title? Did he finally just say, fuck it? You know, I mean, we haven't seen Zima Ion in two or three weeks, thank God. Um, Alex Shelley has moved on. Now he's feuding with Bully Ray, of all people. 
You know, and and you know, I think here's the funny thing. I didn't. I, I meant to bring this up earlier. We started talking about Bully Ray, and how he's been rumored to be in line for a title shot. You heard those rumors? We talked about that. Oh, absolutely, yes. And I, I mentioned how the IWC seems to be like shitting all over it. Of course. Well, here is my friend, the coup de Graal. I don't know what that means. It just sounds cool to say. Here's the coup de Graal, the finger in the butthole of that whole storyline. Finger in the butthole? Yeah, the, the coup, that's the coup de Graal. Okay. Um, basically, what's going to happen is everybody's getting all worked up over Bully Ray getting a title shot. What they don't realize is it's an X-Division title shot because he's feuding with, with Austin Aries. Well, didn't think about that one now, did you? But was it not specified it was a world title shot? I don't know if it was or not. I believe I'm just so. saying I'm just saying that right now he's feuding with Austin Aries, and if his name is in fact Bully Ray, I could see Bully Ray playing the role that Kevin Nash played against the X Division, only much, 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 much better. And being a guy that it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. Ooh. You know, that, that that's some great booking on your end, man. Yeah, I could see that. Bully Ray wins that title, and he goes, okay, all you little bastards who are smaller than me and want this belt. Come on. Bring it on. Yeah. And that takes care of Bully Ray, gives him something to do, allows him to be an asshole like he's so good at being. Oh, yeah. Because he's an asshole in real life. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that. So, you know, he's uh, he's the type of guy who would love to win that title because he knows at the end of the day, 90% of the guys coming after him are going to be small. Well, that's, that's just a, a, another title to put on his resume. Oh, yeah. And it's a pretty yeah, impressive man. resume. But as this match moves along, um, again... This is more of a, a, a spot fest, less of a hardcore match. Uh, both these teams are just pulling off some great moves here. Uh, it's like TNA is doing a great job of saying, okay, we started you off with brutality, but now we're going to give you some wrestling. And that's what I've seen so far. Yeah, Samoa Joe, somebody mentioned it in the chat. Anthony Farley, I think, or somebody mentioned in the chat that... Uh who was it? No, it was Sean, actually. Sensational Sean mentioned that Joe has lost a lot of weight. Joe has slimmed down. Uh, got him a nice mohawk going. Uh, looks good in the ring. And, of course, Magnus and Joe, what made them such good tag team champions and believable champions, what made them believable champions out of the fires in which they were formed, I would have to say is the fact, that, and I alluded to it as they came to the ring, they work so well together. And they're working well together against a team that works well with just about anybody. And that's kind of the rock and roll express of our generation now, the, the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, that's who they remind me of. I'm sorry. Um, but these four guys can work with anybody individually, as a solo, as a one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one, you know, two-on-two, whichever. And you're getting a great wrestling match right now for match number two. Back and forth, back and forth. Right now, Joe and Magnus in control. Um, B 
beating the uh, hell out of Chris Saban, which is okay with me. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a good night for TNA. So far, both matches have been really good. And uh, I'd like to see Joe and Magnus retain for the simple fact that I think the machine guns just now getting back together. They need to chase for a little while. Well, you know, something else I noticed about this match, and, you know, my mind was going a mile a minute while you were saying that because I was thinking about, I like how this is, and as a guy who's been a fan as long as I have, you could, you'll be able to relate, how this is tag team wrestling, isolating a guy in the corner, quick tags going back and forth, using tag team strategy. You know, the WWE now doesn't really do this. They just put two guys together, and it's the same thing. One guy gets hurt, has to crawl to his corner. Yeah, that's classic, but I like how you're seeing saves. I like how you're seeing isolating a guy in the corner and quick tags a moment ago just to really, I'm feeling classic tag team wrestling here, and I like it. Well, you know, that's the one thing you'll get from this company more than the WWE is their tag team and their tag team division as uh, Magnus makes the tag to Samoa Joe and they are still beating down Chris Saban. Looks like we're going to get a uh, Alex Shelley hot tag here before too long. Um, but, you know, that's the one thing about this company is they've always done well with their tag teams, um, even when the division is not really much to speak of right now. You know, there's a reason why they out of the blue had this tag team tournament where they paired up all these randomly weird people. You know, um, I, I go on the offensive a lot. I, I, I praise TNA, but by the same token, sometimes I've got to, to, to knock TNA and, and join the IWC and their hatred for some of the things they do. I think those knockout titles need to, uh, the knockout tag titles should disappear. I think having ODB and Eric Young wearing them are ridiculous. It's one thing for the relationship storyline. It's another thing to put women's knockout tag team titles on them when Eric Young is not a knockout. Um, I just think that's ridiculous. They don't need those belts for that storyline to make any sense. So, I agree. I would like to see the titles go away simply for the fact that you don't have really... Okay, they've got a decent number of females, but not enough to have a tag team championship. I think you can have just that knockouts title that all the gals fight for. And, you know, you and I, again, I agree with you 100%, Trey. No reason. You know, it's like Eric Young is their Santino. Really? It's like they, they said, we need a Santino? Well, no, but Eric Young was doing that stupid shit before Santino came along. Eric True. Young was Eric Young was a dumbass when he was in Team Canada. He was basically the the weak link in that chain. Well, I mean, you know, I agree. They they need to drop those titles or do a storyline where those titles are just, you know, totally gotten rid of until I mean, look, if you hire another 5 6 chicks, then bring them back. But right, right. now you don't have enough. You know? Right now, be proud of the fact you've got the better women division and just leave it at that with a women's knockout title. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Machine guns have gotten the upper hand now on Joe and Magnus as Saban went off the top rope and basically did uh, what's that move called that Loki does where he jumps off and stomps on your chest? 
I know what you're talking about. The warrior something, the warrior way or something. I don't know. No. Close pinfall as Alex Shelley tries to pin Magnus, gets a two count. Magnus kicks out. And uh, the tag team title still up for grabs as the machine guns are going into their tag team maneuvers. And Joe says, I don't think so. How about a Kikina clutch? Man, Joe's got to be one of my favorites in wrestling, man. I love the fact that this, you know, I would be willing to take on a guy twice his size in a dark alley than him himself. I mean, if, if he came up to me and said, give me your lunch money. Okay, Joe, here you go. He's one of the toughest, quickest, big bastards. Oh, in- nice spot. Oh, for those of you not watching, the machine guns are trying to land their finishing moves. Samoa Joe comes in, interrupts, throws the magnet, throws Magnus out of the way, puts the Coquita clutch on uh, Chris Saban, and Alex Shelley is now fighting with Magnus. Does the slice bread number two goes for the pinfall, and Joe breaks the clutch to jump over and break up the pinfall just in time as they were about to count three. And now Saban is trying to choke out Joe by standing on the top rope, or second rope, rather. Joe is fighting with Saban. Shelley fighting with Magnus. Slice bread number two, attempt number two, foiled as Magnus drives Shelley to the mat. Boom. Oh, Oh, and Joe lands on both of them. Looks like this one's about to be done, boys. What a match, man. Excellent. They took this match in the last 60 seconds and turned the volume from about a 7 to a 10. And your winners and still tag team champions, Samoa Joe and Magnus. Hey, you know what? Even though they weren't my pick, I don't have a problem with that. Congrats. You know. What a great tag team match. Oh, hell yeah. Hell, you know. I find myself smiling, and you know what? You and I are going to be labeled, regardless of what. Oh, they're TNA marks. You know, they're they're TNA lovers. Well, but, if you're if you're not though, if you're a, if you're if you're not a TNA lover, how can you take anything that just happened in that match and be negative about it? What was oh, so? What, what, I'm asking anybody out there to to tell me one bad thing about that match. I mean, I, I'm sitting here smiling. And, uh, you know, I didn't smile that much for WrestleMania. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Two matches in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, excellent. Both of them in your first match. uh, Team Garrett Bischoff going over. Eric Bischoff has to drop the Bischoff name. And now, in what was an excellent tag team match, uh, you know, the champions retain. And we're going to... Oh, that was so awesome. Oh, yeah. The slice bread number two, and just as the official is coming down with a three count, Joe breaks up the Kikina clutch to break up the pinfall in perfect timing. I, like I said, folks, that was about a seven. They turned it up to about a ten with 60 seconds left to go in the match. This continues the feud. The machine guns now have to chase like I wanted them to, like I said I would like to see them do. With Saban coming back, the fans are behind them. The fans are behind Magnus and Joe as well. This was a babyface versus tweener match right here. Because Joe and Magnus can go either way. But to be honest with you, so can the machine guns. Who knows? I apologize for laughing. I love Joe going to the back talking a whole bunch of shit with fans patting him on the chest. That's Mm -hmm. right, man. It's great. 
All right, so those of you that were asking about where's Devon, where's Devon? Well, Devon is your TV champion. He took the belt from Robbie E. several pay-per-views ago. Um, he is going to defend that title against Robbie E. here tonight. Looks like they're setting that match up now as Robbie E. and Robbie T. are in the back with Jeremy Borash cutting the first promo of the night from the backstage area. Um I don't care much for this match, but I guess because it's a title, it has to be defended. So they're 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 basically if they're guilty of anything, it's for having a useless title because they've made that television title about as useless as the knockout champ knockout tag team championship belt. Um, you know, a while back we talked about TNA a long time ago about do they have too many belts? You know. I think they do. I think this is the case in point right here. The television championship. Devon won that and has not done a, a thing with it, defended it, or even been on TV to promote the fact that he still got the motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like the U.S. title and the WWE. You know, I hate to keep using WWE comparisons, but I know, it, you know it's relevant. It's, yeah, a title that just doesn't get much air time. It's one of those belts. We have it just to have it. And, um, but at least it's being defended, like you said. And, you know, I, I don't have too much of a problem with it, but I agree. It's one of those titles that you could probably do without the less titles you have, I, the more I, prestigious the ones you do have are. I guess I see your point. And maybe I need to rephrase it. I think that title is useless on Devon. The reason being, he didn't defend it since he's had it. He hasn't cut a promo saying how proud he is to be your TV champion. But a guy like Robbie E makes that belt relevant because he's out there defending it and doing promos with it and making it matter. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves here, as we prepare for the TV title match between Robbie E and Devon, let's go ahead and take our first break of the evening. We'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere as we're just getting started with TNA Lockdown live from Nashville, Tennessee. Two matches in as we begin the third. We'll take a short break and be right back here with more Sunday Night Showdown on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is TNA Superstar Magnus, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Keep it here, boys. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest running newsletter on the internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com.
Have you been looking for wrestling radio that entertains and informs? Then make sure you tune in every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern for the four-time People's Choice Show of the Year, Wrestling News Live, with the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay, where anything can and usually does happen, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. See you in chat. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. March of 2012, the two former hosts of the popular Causecast radio show, the phenom Charles Shane and Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sixay, reunited on Friday nights to cover WWE SmackDown, the latest news in the world of professional wrestling, the world of gaming, and entertainment. If you tune in on Friday nights, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, on the SNS Radio Network located at www.snsradionetwork.com Perhaps you can listen to the U-Team on the new Unplugged. The band is back together! To me, wrestling matters because this is something that I've dedicated the last 12 years of my life to. I've really tried hard to put myself out there to become the best female wrestler of all time in any genre, and it's a constant goal of mine, so to have something to believe in, to go after, is what's important to me. Don't miss Impact Wrestling, Thursdays at 9 on Spike. Impact Wrestling. Wrestling. Warrior Low Key, and you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. And that class is what we call uh, the definition of ironic. I was just talking about the World Warrior Low Key a little while ago. Uh, welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown TNA style Impact lockdown, whatever you want to call it, impact wrestling lockdown. Um, the good thing about having our picks predetermined on 4down.org is although the match is now over, our picks were already made. 
I'll go first and let you know what mine was. Mine was for Devon to retain. Um, I just didn't see any reason for them to flip flop. And uh, Bronx Father, what was your pick in this match? Uh, agree, Devon. Again, there's no reason to put the title on someone else. Uh, I agree with you. That is my pick as well. It looks as if uh, Big Robbie T, who is working over Devon now, is about to tell Robbie E to go fuck himself. I want a shot at that title, but we'll see. Um, it was a quick match back and forth as I watched it during the break. Um, your winner of the match, again, is Devon to retain the TNA Television Championship. And uh, as we speak, with the cage still down, two referees in the ring trying to stop the action as Robbie E. and Robbie T. are putting the boots to one Devon Dudley. So Those are hideous, man. I mean, could you get any more pink? I mean, really? Takes a real man to wear pink, I guess. Not where I come from. But anyway. I, I can't see James Storm coming out wearing any pink. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of speaking of storm, I got a kick out of it this week on Impact. Well, we got a little time to chat. Um, you know, being a big country music fan, a country music disc jockey, um, I got a big fan out of got a big kick out of uh, Sam Montgomery Gentry again on Impact, cutting a promo about how when they raise the cage, they're going to slide in the ring and put their boots on Robbie Roode for what he did to him last week. And uh, having partied with Montgomery Gentry in the past, and I have the pictures to prove it, uh, those are two old boys in the country music world, and as country music fans know, you probably don't want to mess with. So I think it's a great pairing that they've got James Storm uh, working with Montgomery Gentry. I think that's awesome. Um, Looking forward to seeing if that has anything to do with the pay-per-view tonight. I know it's in Nashville, so we'll see if Montgomery Gentry is actually live at lockdown as Matt Morgan, who could be cutting his last TNA promo if he is, in fact, going to the WWE. I don't see that happening, but who am I? Uh, Matt Morgan backstage cutting a promo about his match with Crimson coming up, where they're going to get in the cage, and according to Hulk Hogan, Bronxy, they're going to settle it all, brother. And Crimson's undefeated streak is still intact. I knew this is where they were going to go. I hope this is the end of it somehow. <laughs> Matt Morgan versus Crimson, your next match on your TNA Lockdown pay-per-view. Well, you know something, brother. Our next match, Crimson against the big Matt Morgan, brother. It's all going to end here, brother. And did I say brother? Yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, this is dragged on long enough. I see a conclusion to it tonight. Um, obviously, I'm not going to give my pick right now. We'll wait just a little bit. It's a good thing we're waiting because they have switched gears now and they are showing us the tail of the tape for the TNA Knockouts title. Um, knockouts, tail of the tape. The first ever champ, Gail Kim, is our current champ. Um, they're talking about Velvet Sky losing and not ever getting a rematch until now, but she had to earn that rematch. And Knockouts Championship Challenge winner was Velvet Sky, which is what I just said. That's how she earned her chance to get the rematch. She was never given the rematch she should have gotten from losing the title in the first place. So we're going to have our Lockdown Knockouts Championship title match between Gail Kim 
and Velvet Sky. Let me just if I'm, say, if I'm quiet during this match, there's probably a reason. I was just going to say that. We should have took the commercial break now, especially if Velvet does her entrance. And God, I hope she does. <laughs> Wearing the blue and gold, which are the colors of my high school. Thank you, baby. With holler across the pigeons. Oh, God. Oh, she didn't do her ring entrance. She hasn't been doing it lately. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure why. Yeah. But, you know what? Just looking at Velvet Sky is enough for me. My God. Easy now. That's my girl. I wonder if she'll ever go to the WWE. No. Uh, you don't think so? She's too good for them. Well, I mean, money talks, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm well. actually surprised. I'm actually surprised to see Gail Kim, who looks fucking fabulous. Wow, what an outfit! Yeah. Gail Kim coming to the ring with Madison Rain. You know, on fourdown.org. The thing I liked about them, and the reason why I, I basically talked Sean into going that route, was because they do more than just ask you who's going to win the match. They ask you if there's going to be interference and how the match is going to be won by pinball or submission and random other questions. And thanks to Spencer for everything he does over on four down and letting us be a part of that, by the way. Um, You know, this was a match like many of the others that had the question, will there be interference? And I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, they're in a cage. So how can there be interference in any of these matches? But if there were going to be interference, I would think it might be in any of the matches. It might be this one. And that would explain why Madison Rain has come to ringside with Gail Kim. Yeah, definitely correct. And uh, I don't know if you want to give away what your answer was on that question. Uh, I have no problem giving mine away. Yeah, I said there was going to be interference. So, I'd like to tell you, but I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember my pick being Velvet Sky. You slept and drank since then. I have slept, yes. Not very much. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. But I, no. I, I, I worked last night from 10 p.m. till 12 noon today. You worked 14 hours? Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, I then came home and watched the Cubs beat the hell out of the, or the Cardinals beat the hell out of the Cubs on Jackie Robinson Day. Man, can a brother get some sleep? Wow. So, and I plan on going straight from this to my Xbox once this is over with, because I want to get some Xbox in before I go to sleep. So, Velvet Sky, Gail Kim going back and forth. Velvet laying the chops to the big breasts of Gail Kim. I'm putting it on her right now. I'm not as impressed. I, you know, I, 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 I don't think that there's a single flaw with Velvet, but if there were, I, I'm not real happy with the fact that she dyed her hair back to its normal color. Well, it doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> I, I like her much more as a blonde. I know that the carpet doesn't match the drapes because I don't think there are any drapes, but um, <laughs> I like the fact that she looks a lot hotter as a blonde, but hey, you know what? She can be bald, and uh, I'd still nail it. As she's getting nailed right now by Gail Kim and a backbreaker across the knee, surfboard-type submission across the knee. Um, if I butcher any moves, JJ's going to go ape shit nuts. Um, 
right now, I think we should jump into our quick picks. I've already got mine out there with Gail Kim, or with, I'm sorry, Velvet Sky. Did you take Gail in this match, or did you go with Velvet? Uh, we're in agreement yet again. I got Velvet in this match. I think the fans love her. I think Gail's had that title for a bit now, and it's time to put it on Velvet Sky, even though, you know, regardless of interference or whatever have you, I still think Velvet Sky goes over tonight. So, uh, once again, we agree. Velvet Sky in a hell of a predicament right now is she's got a, one leg over the head of Gail Kim in a submission move. She breaks out of that, limps around, and is uh, met by a clothesline from the knockout champion. I will say this about Gail. At least she defends her belt. and She's on the show every week in one way, shape, or form or another. Um Unlike a lot of the champions on this show have been lately. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm a little torn here because I think that, you know, Gail's a great champion. Gail is the first ever knockout champion. I think it's great that she's back in TNA where she needs to be. WWE shit all over her once she left TNA and went back. I, uh, I like Gail. I like everything about Gail, but. At the end of the day, we all know I'm a Velvet Sky man. I, I I'm just afraid. Is this one of those deals where she's so over with the crowd she doesn't need the belt, and they make her chase and chase and chase until she finally gets it like uh you know bound for glory or something? Well, it's possible. I, I hear what you're saying, but as uh, you know, this match is <clears throat> excuse me is just you know such oh my god it's hard for me to put it into words how different it is from watching a divas match to this where, yeah like you know you're watching wrestling you're not watching just you know gail kim trying with a uh submission and then um you know these girls are moving all over the ring and my god that shot of velvet sky you well, know zeus zeus brings up a point in the chat room uh, Velvet should pose noobs for Playboy. Oh. You know, I don't think so. As much as I want to see it, it's the kiss of death to these women. Once they pose in Playboy, they disappear. Well, I think it has to do with imagination. You know, it's kind of fun. God, I apologize. It's kind of fun to think about what she would look like naked rather than actually seeing it. You know what I mean? I've, I've seen enough titties. I know what they look like. I can pretty much imagine that hers look just like all the rest of them. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I'm know. just. I, I'm just. I mean, this outfit that Gail has on is so hot. Yeah, she looks. She looks great. And what's really funny is, if you line up all the knockouts, of course, Velvet Sky is number one by far in my book. But I think my number two. Uh, well, it's being challenged right now as good as Gail looks, but. As far as my number two knockout, body and looks-wise, I think it's Madison Rain. I don't have a problem with that. You know? I mean, TNA proves you can have hot chicks, but you can have them know how to wrestle, too. I mean, you can have the best of both worlds. You know, there's no reason not to. As the girls are climbing the cage, Velvet is standing on the top rope, Gail on the second rope. Velvet has Gail's head between her legs like she's going to do a pedigree from the top rope, ladies and gentlemen. This looks ugly. Oh, no. She rolls around and gives her the powerbomb off the top rope. 
God Holy damn. shit. In a match that's better than the television title match was and has lasted longer. Shit. Holy shit. Velvet, what were you thinking? But she pulled it off. 100% flawless on the powerbomb out of the corner. I thought she was going to give her a pedigree. Yeah. These bitches are crazy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, as Gail grabs the rope at the last minute, Velvet's, oh my God, Velvet can't believe that just happened. Madison Rain is shaking the outside of the cage to the point it's about to come off. Velvet, why are you bothering with Madison? She's on the outside of the cage. Turn around. Yeah. She can't get you. Come on, man. What the hell? Velvet Sky with a roll-up. Two count reversed by Gail Kim. And Gail Kim uses the trunks to win one, two, three in a reverse roll-up pin. Oh. And you are still knockout champion, Gail Kim. And I told you, although I picked Velvet, because my heart wouldn't let me do anything else, I have that feeling that she's going to continually get screwed and come up short to where the fans are so behind her to finally win that motherfucker that they're going to prolong this until a Bound for Glory match. Watch and see. I could even see a rematch on Impact. You know, remember, one of our heel authorities, Eric Bischoff, is gone now. You know, I can see Hogan coming out and saying, listen, you know, you had a handful of tights. You know, you cheated. We're going to have a rematch on Impact. I see that happening now. Will Velvet go over on Impact? I I don't have as much of a problem with title changes on free TV as most people do. I could see that. Aw. Velvet waving to the fans. They're going ape shit nuts for her. She's blowing kisses. But right after the big powerbomb spot, Gail went to the ropes on the far side of the ring while Velvet rolled to the to the near side to scream and yell at Madison and turned around, basically kind of took off running towards Gail and rolled her up in a pinfall, got a two count. Gail reversed it. I thought Velvet was going to be able to get her feet to the ropes, maybe more accidentally than on purpose now that I look at it. But uh, with a handful of tights, maybe a handful of ass, lucky girl. But Gail Kim rolls her up for the one, two, three. And I believe... We're going to have the aforementioned Matt Morgan and Crimson match as your next match. Ashley says, Velvet will probably win at Slammiversary. That'll be a huge night for TNA. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, I'd say Bound for Glory. It's funny with TNA. It depends on the year that you ask them. Because some years, Bound for Glory is the, the big deal. Some years, it's Slammiversary. Um I know that I've been to Bound for Glory. They always take that one on the road, and uh, or at least they have in recent years. And Bound for Glory is one of my favorite TNA pay-per-views. Uh, their version of WrestleMania, I believe you're probably right, Ashley, is more so uh, Slammiversary. So we'll probably go with you on that one. Unless, like Bronx said, you know, Hogan could come out on Impact and say, you know, brother, 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 rematch. You never know. Could somebody injure the guy in the Hulkamania shirt on the top right with the most hideous shorts I've ever seen in my goddamn life? You know, (laughs) I'll tell you, as Ric Flair 
the nature boy is coming to the ring. You know, he asked you while we got some time here. Sure. Flair was just inducted into the Hall of Fame with the Four Horsemen in the WWE Hall of Fame. Right. Rumor has it, news stories say that there was a deal between TNA and the WWE to make that happen. And it was that TNA could use a WWE superstar in one of their videos, right? Yeah. Now, with that being said, <coughs> this is just what goes on in the wild-ass, weird fucking brain of the trade dog, ladies and gentlemen. When I'm not thinking about Velvet Naked, and I'm thinking about TNA wrestling, and I listen to the, the IWC, and I hear you guys bitch and complain and poke fun and say that Will Sasso was... The agreement, blah, 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 you know, whatever. You know, I try to think of the real deal and what's really going on. What's one of the one things that everybody has, other than the match itself? And I'll put you on the spot, Bronx. Okay. You are going to speak for the public. You're going to be the pulse of the public here in this. What is the one thing, other than the match itself, that everybody wants, what is one of the reasons why everybody wants Sting to go to the WWE and face The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Other than the match itself. The DVD package you would get for Sting. Okay. What if there was an agreement, and I'm sure this isn't it because Vince would never give out this kind of money, that they could use old WCW footage in the TNA DVD version of Sting's final DVD. Ooh. I get what you're saying. I don't think Vince would ever give up that paycheck. Right. I think that's what... I think in the grand scheme of things, that is the inevitable carrot dangled in front of Sting's face. And why would Sting want to join the WWE? And Vince could say, well, think of the merchandise. Think of the revenue that you're going to get off of the Sting Anthology DVD. You know, so, that's, a, that's a big chunk of money. So to clarify, you're thinking, and again, you've, you've said you don't think this happened, but what you're saying is TNA says, listen, Sting isn't coming to you. He's staying here. Let us have access to that footage and we'll put out a nine-hour DVD about the history and the career of Sting and be able to use that old WCW, NWA footage to put in our DVD. Hmm. And you can use Ric Flair in your Hall of Fame induction so you can sell Hall of Fame DVDs and we'll also cut you in 20% on the revenue of the Sting DVD. Huh. Who knows? I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm just, I'm just thinking outside the box, giving you something to say. Hmm, that's an idea. Because as my my palm of my hand is itching like fucking crazy, which means you're supposed to get money soon. But we'll see about that. Which hand? My left hand. That's money. My grandmother always told me the right one means you're going to get in a fight. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. I like that, but yeah, that's my left hand. <laughs> um, Anthony Farley says, wouldn't mind seeing a TNA uh, DVD for Sting, like the one that was done for Jeff Jarrett a while ago. You know, I, I, I think that Jeff Jarrett DVD is the best thing they've done DVD-wise. As Hogan is coming into the ring, and I say that, Anthony, because 
the other network that I worked for before this one, I, uh, I, I was the one that broke that DV down and did the review. Um, Mib in the chat room says, nice theory, but no way in hell it would happen. You're grasping. I may be grasping, but at least I've got the balls to put my name in the chat room. So if you want your opinion to matter, put your name in there or shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you know what? If, if at some point, you know, you get tired of what Trey's saying, there's a big red X in the top right of your screen. Click it and go away. I'm mean, just I'm just fucking with you, Mib, whoever you are. But you know what? Just come in and put a name down. You know what I mean? Um, Hulk Hogan in the, well, not in the ring, but outside the ring. I don't know what's going on because I don't have volume, like I said at the beginning of the show. Um, basically, I think they're killing time here for something. I'm not sure what. The cage is already down, so I don't know what the damn, you know, holdup is. But Flair's in the ring cutting a promo. Hogan has come out to say his piece. I'm not sure what that piece is because I can't hear it. But it looks like a pretty good typical Hogan-Flair promo. As Flair has now goaded the Hulkster, who should be wearing red and yellow, by the way, instead of this blue shit. The Hulkster, who was the bad guy when he was wearing black and blue earlier, is still wearing black and blue, but now he's the good guy. It's confusing. He just shaved his beard made him a good guy. Yeah. So if, if you have audio or if anybody can tell me what they're arguing about, they're in the ring, so hopefully this doesn't lead to a match. <laughs> Between them? Oh, God, no. Please. I don't know what they're talking about. I have no idea. I have no oh, idea. I look, I look at these guys, man. It's amazing. And I'm not making fun how old these guys have gotten. I, I mean, Flair... Mm. Flair looks like grandpa. I mean, man, maybe well, it's because I'm getting old, you know? <laughs> and, and, and here's the deal. My brother and I were talking about this the other day. I don't mind Hogan and Flair having a role in TNA. No, no. Just don't wrestle. You know? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the dynamic they bring and the name recognition they bring is one thing. Don't get in the ring and wrestle and make us embarrassed to have you there. You know, and I like the fact that they've got Flair there and Hogan in the back and, you know, the dynamic of Flair essentially working for Hogan. Well, you know what? And I don't have a problem with this because I'll tell you why. And Eric, I mean, Eric's about to be on his way out because that was part of the stipulation. You see Flair getting power somehow as a 50-50 heel character to Hogan? Um, I think down the line that could be an avenue they look at. Um, Hogan's got to have a rival. I mean, if, right. you're, if, you've, if you've listened to everything he said since taking power, Sting's got my back. Well, why does he have <laughs> to have your back? You yeah, know, so far, if you've, got, if you've got all the power, you know, if you've got all the power then you don't need anybody to get your back because you're the be-all, end-all, say-so. The guy that says, this is the way it is. It's black and white, no gray in the fucking middle. Do this or be fired. Right. You don't need somebody to get your back. And what I like about the blocking of this pay-per-view, for those, uh, for those people who don't know what that means, in other words, how they organized everything, I like the fact that we had match after match after match we were excited, and now you have this, and you bring us down a little bit. You let us, you know, catch our breath, 
let the people who are at the arena maybe go, you know, buy a beer. This is how you block a pay-per-view. You have to have this moment where everyone can just go, okay, you know, it's time to to chill a little bit before you bring them up again. Good blocking on TNA's part. And uh, also to, 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 to further with what you're saying, TNA is synonymous for um, basically using the pay-per-view to promote next week's impact. Oh, as Hogan just knocked the shit out of Ric Flair. Dropped him in one shot. Bang. So here's the deal, folks. Bischoff's on his way out. Flair's going to be the number one bad guy trying to put everybody in his power to take out Hogan during the Hogan regime. Flair's taking his pants off. He's taking his shoes off and throwing shit at Hogan. Undoing his tie. Typical Ric Flair. Woo! Get your ass back in here. He's running the ropes. He's elbowing the fucking ghost on the ground. (laughs) He's going to have a heart attack if he's not careful. Ah, man, you got to love Ric Flair. <laughs> that is, that is, I mean, that is typical Ric Flair. And the thing about it is, I didn't hear any of that. But I guarantee you, when the pay-per-view is over, I'm going to go find a replay just so I can watch that segment. Because Hogan told him, you mess with the bull, you get the horn. And he basically gave him the horn. Well, I'll tell you right now, I haven't listened to it either. You know, again, it doesn't translate well to radio, ladies and gentlemen, if we have audio going, but... Here's the deal. I bet you I can almost tell you exactly what went on there. You know, Flair, I'm willing to bet, and anyone in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong, Flair was talking shit on Hogan about the power he has. Maybe he was even talking about Bischoff being gone, and Hogan was, you know, basically saying, I'm the boss, I'm this. Somewhere along the line, Flair said something personal. And I agree with Trey. I want to know exactly what the hell Flair said. Because Hogan leveled his ass. And I think it was more of a shock to Trey and myself that we couldn't hear what was going on and just saw Hogan bang. You know, forearm the shit out of Flair. And Flair sold the shit out of him. He dropped like a sack of potatoes. Just whopped right back on (laughs) on his back. And now they are showing the reason why we are again having Matt Morgan versus Crimson. They're showing them before their tag team and after their tag team. And when the tag team broke up to set up why there's a fight. And uh, again, Crimson undefeated in his, you know, TNA career. And Matt Morgan, you know, had a decent top of the card run there for a while during, uh, you know, the days that immortal was strongest and uh, had a lot of feuds with Jeff Hardy for that title, that gay-ass Hardy TNA belt. Uh, <laughs> came, up, came up short every time. And uh, basically now back into a feud with Crimson, which is where he was before the tag team of Crimson and Morgan started. And Hogan said on Impact, this would be the end of it. So let's cross our fingers, cross our toes, and pray... This is, in fact, the end of this feud. Um, how many matches do we have left? We've got Morgan and Crimson. We've got Kurt Angle and Hardy. We've got Rude and Storm. Right. I believe that's it. Yes. I'm calling three. Ashley says four. 
What am I missing? I believe you're correct. No, ODB and Eric Young have got something to do with this. Yeah, but I don't believe a match was announced. Hmm. Well, we'll figure it all out. We've got Brass Eye back in the uh, studios holding down the fort. And uh, Ashley says they added a knockout tag title match in the pre-show. Well, there you go. Let's go ahead and take our second break. And when we come back, oh, and they put it in his nameplate on the front of the, sh- of the, the, the you know, TV when Crimson comes out. The undefeated, in quotations, Crimson. Huh, that kind of scares me. Um, if you and I are on the same page, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember who I took in this one. I'm going to have to look during the break. Um, but that being said, uh, we'll take another short break. We'll be right back with more SNS Sunday Night Showdown coverage of TNA Lockdown Live in Nashville as Matt Morgan is making his way to the ring to face the undefeated Crimson. Myself and the Bronx Father will be right back with more right here on the SNS Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling News Live is proud to bring to you a day in the life of Ric Flair. Day in the Life of Ric Flair, brought to you by Wrestling News Live. I don't know if I chose to wrestle or wrestling chose me. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is a part of me. This is something that I can't get out of my head. This is when I go to bed at night. This is what I think about. When you step into this ring, when you step into an impact ring, you got to love what you do. We are more than just entertainment. 
We are the best at what we do, and what we do is wrestle. Impact Wrestling, where wrestling matters again. Hey fans, ring announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go beyond the bell. Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday night? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday Nights with J.J. Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where J.J. covers SmackDown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. It's Johnny Devine, and you're listening to Sunday Night Showdown right here on the SNS Radio Network, maggot. Well, I can definitely tell you that I am in the minority. And I say that because um, after going to find out what I made as a prediction, because you know me, I would never, ever, ever want to lie to my constituency here on the network. I would never do that. No. Ever. So I wanted to make sure that the shit I'm spilling is the truth, and I wanted to go find out what, in fact, my pick was for the current match that we have on TNA Lockdown. And those of you two that are just tuning in, where you been? You missed a great pay-per-view. Uh, I am the Trey Dog from Wrestling News Live, holding down the fort with my tag team partner of the night. And uh, if we were a couple, we are the only couple on the planet that are worse off than ODB and Eric Young in the looks department. God <laughs> forbid we ever have babies. The Bronx father. <laughs> and we're looking at Crimson and Matt Morgan in the steel cage. And again, during lockdown, kudos to the camera work that they've done on this pay-per-view because I don't feel like we've had any problem. Well, I say I haven't. I know Bronx has had a problem seeing it, but I haven't had any problem seeing any of the action inside the cage. And that is a good thing for a steel cage pay-per-view. And like I said earlier, TNA has experimented many, many ways, many different types of cages to get where they are now. And I think they finally found them a winner on this cage that they're using in Nashville for a lockdown but back to what we started out with, and that was me being in the minority. Let's jump into quick picks. I will go ahead and leave this one off. I took Matt Morgan. And this is interesting because since I took Morgan yesterday, he has tweeted that he may not be back with the company. So in the break, Bronxy and I are talking about how, as J.J. would say, you do the right thing, you go out, you go out on your back. 
Um, I hope not, because I didn't go and change my pick after hearing that. And with, let's, again, because I would not never lie to you guys, um, the actual percentage on this matchup, thanks to fourdown.org, Crimson, by the SNS family and their predictions, has been predicted to win by a percentage of 73.95, leaving Matt Morgan with just a 24.65% chance to win. And somebody, 1.40% of you, think it's going to end in a no contest, and you might be right. You might have the leg up on this whole goddamn match. Well, I like how four down breaks everything. And, you know, four down is almost like when you're watching a baseball game and a guy's up to bat and they'll give you statistics of because baseball is all about numbers. Yeah. You know, they'll give you statistics of some shit he did 10 years ago. And I'm like, how the hell does he have that in front of him? But my pick was Matt Morgan. And I will confess when I read that news story, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm four down. You can do this as long as you do it before the event begins. You can change your pick. I went and changed it to Crimson. I have Crimson here just because you have to do the right thing. And you know what? If Matt Morgan's not a guy that you can put your money on in the future, from a business standpoint, it makes no sense to put him over. That's just how I feel. Well, you know, you bring up a good point about four down with the numbers. You know, it's like a baseball game. Uh, this guy farted in the second inning, and after farting, he has a three twenty five batting average with runners in scoring position. Uh, Crimson, who is up on top of the cage while Matt Morgan is in a tree of woe with the second rope. Uh, if you had Crimson and escaping the cage, you are a winner. I had Crimson. I don't. I apologize. I don't remember what finish I picked. I believe I'm 90% sure it was pinfall. But you know what, TNA? This needs to be the end. You know, this is over now. Well, 21% of you out there agreed with TNA booking and had cage escape as your final submission pinfall Cage Escape victories, whatever. You had Cage Escape listed at 21.68%. So. Dog, do you see. Better than you. Seems to be. Bastard. Morgan seems to be selling a knee injury. Do you see that this is how they. (sighs) Off? Um, it's a possibility. He got hung up in the, in the second rope, kind of a tree of woe thing from the second rope, which is a little weird as big as he is. Just stand up on your other leg, dipshit. Um, oh, you, you know what? You may be right. I mean, they could say that he left to rehab and never came back. Yeah, but you I know? wonder, is it possible that that right there? No, I, no, nah, I don't think it's a shoot. We didn't get the X sign. We didn't get doctors. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a work. It's a no, work. It's a work. It's a work. I mean, that was their whole reasoning for um, Crimson being allowed to escape the cage uh, was because uh, there was no way for Morgan to get up on his feet because he was hung up in the ropes. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I mean, if you're going to do a cage escape in a match like that with those kind of guys, 
which that was the worst match of the night by far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there just wasn't much to it. There wasn't anything to go wow about. It was just, okay, we went in the ring, we did what we did, and that was one creepy fucking picture of Kurt Angle's baby dressed up like Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I hope y'all saw that. What the fuck? What is this shit Jeff Hardy has with one eye? He looks like the chick from Star Trek Voyager, Seven of Nine. What the hell is that? In Seven of Nine, the woman with the big boobs. Oh, Seven of Nine was the one who was hot as fire. And you're looking at her fucking eyes? You're killing me. Stick you're- with me, kid. I'll have you farting through silk in no time. <laughs> And then they show a picture of the Angle family where all the kids are dressed up in face paint like Jeff Hardy. And by the way, if if you guys don't know, Kurt Angle, unfortunately, has dropped out of his uh, Olympic goals and uh, he's no longer. You know, I actually read people giving him shit about that. Let me tell you right now, Kurt Angle's made a lot of mistakes. He's had him some DWIs. He's had him some controversy. But you know what? Anybody out there wants to talk shit, you even get the opportunity to try out for the Olympics at his age and then come back to me. I've actually read on the IWC people saying, oh, we knew Kurt wouldn't do it. We knew he'd drop out. We knew he'd get disqualified. Well, you know what? Fuck you. Okay? Give the guy a break. Fault him for a lot of faults he's had over the years, for a lot of mistakes that he's made. But as far as making fun of him, as far as his physical prowess is concerned and his what I call physical bravery, you know, you win a gold medal on a broken fucking neck and we'll leave it there. Well, and, you know, what I take from all this, this hearty angle thing, you know, angle was one of the ones that was vocal about Hardy and his mistakes in the past and how he hurt the company and left him hanging, uh, with the ordeal of the main event with sting and make no mistake about it. Jeff Hardy. And I'm knocking on wood here. Jeff Hardy has done a 180 with his life. He is doing well. He is got his mind on the business. He's got himself in great shape. AJ Styles just talked about it in a recent interview he did that I read today. Um, Kurt Angle is in this feud because he chose it. You know, when they asked Kurt what he wanted to do next, this is what Kurt wanted to do. You know, Jeff Hardy is um, a little out there, but goddamn if he ain't over with the kids and the chicks. Right. You know, as, as weird as he is, hey, fuck him. I'd be that weird for that kind of money, too. And, you know, the guy's doing great. My hat's off to him. I hope he continues to do well. He will be your TNA champion here before too long. And, you know, those pictures with the kids and their faces painted, who do you think painted their faces? Jeff. You know, so it had to be a deal where, you know, Kurt's cool with Jeff being around his kids. That just tells me that Jeff is doing a great job in his own personal life. And I hope that this match lives up to what I think that it will. Yeah. I I think that it will be the match of the night. 
Well, you know what, man? Look, in my life, I'm not a perfect guy. I've never been. I was angry with Jeff Hardy for a long time, but from what I've seen, and again, I can only go on by, by what I've seen. I know you've got a joke coming, but he I'm going I'm to leave that one alone. I'm going to let you have that one. He looks like, thank you, he looks like a different person just in the way he behaves. He, be, You know, having a kid, man, maybe he said, and seeing how stupid his brother has been, Said, you know what, man, maybe it's time to clean up. And I've said this on every pay-per-view Jeff Hardy's been on since he came back. I'm proud of the guy. Kudos to him if he got his life in order. And, you know, Kurt Angle willing to get with him on a pay-per-view after what the, the sting debacle of a year or two ago. That tells you something right there. Kurt Angle would not, I don't think, get in the ring with a guy he couldn't trust. Well, I mean, if you go down this roster, you know, if you go down this roster, you look at who's available. You, 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 and if with what you're saying, you, you want to be in there with a guy that, you know, you can trust and it isn't going to let you hurt yourself or get hurt. God forbid I say that it happens in this match. Right. Um, but if I'm Kurt Angle, I pick a Jeff Hardy, but that's just a testament to the fact that Hardy's got his head on. That he's 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 actually back to being Jeff Hardy, the the company wrestler, not Jeff Hardy, the drug addict. Yeah, you yeah. Know? To make and him- that is a testament to where Jeff is in his life. For Kurt to have picked him to have this match and this feud with. Because that tells me that Jeff has done the 180 I hoped he would do. And is back to being Jeff Hardy. Well, I'll tell you a weird fact. You know, while I was food shopping Friday, I have headphones on constantly when I'm outside my apartment. I was re-listening to the second Wrestling News Live interview you guys did with uh, Kurt uh, after the whole Twitter debacle. He's always been high on Jeff Hardy. He's really defended him a lot. And I think that, you know, maybe Kurt, even in his darkest moments, saw something in Jeff Hardy that we didn't. And you know what? When you're as good as Kurt, his opinion. But you've got to be a guy that's been there. Yeah. You cannot walk a mile in a man's shoes unless you've been there. And Kurt, believe me, publicized or not, has been there. Yeah, uh, or so on the publicized. You know, the whole ordeal with Raka Khan, and I told people then, let's wait. Let's find out what really happens before we start throwing rocks at this glass house and crazy come bitch. to find out she was a crazy bitch. Yeah. And it wasn't Kurt's fault. Yeah. Now, by the same token, am I ready to go to the church of Angle? No. No. Because he is not a saint himself. He's done some fucked up things too, but you know what? I don't have any rocks to throw at you because I have done the, the same things. Same I haven't. I have a DUI on my record. I've talked about my drug abuse on this show. Who am I to throw rocks at Kurt Angle when I've done the same things? I have exercised the demons. Right. I don't do them anymore. You know, my only habit now is Mountain Dew and nicotine. Me too. Yeah, I hear you. 
I hear, look, I'm no saint either. But as this match moves along, quick picks, Trey, if you don't mind me starting off this time. Uh, I've got, being Kurt went over last time, I got Jeff Hardy here. I think Kurt would be willing to put him over. I think it, it would be perfect for Jeff Hardy to beat Kurt. And then the two of them shake hands at the end. I think that's what's going to happen. That's, you know, typical Kurt Angle, uh, him, you know, losing or even going over. But at the end of the day, being a, you know, a gentleman, that's kind of his gimmick, whether he's a heel or a baby face. So I've got uh, Jeff Hardy going over in this match. I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. I appreciate the effort, but I'm going to give you something a little bit more to weigh on your brain. And I'm going to go with Jeff Hardy, along with 75.87% of the SNS listener base at 4down.org. I am going to pick Jeff Hardy to win this match. And I think you're close to what's going to happen at the end of the match. You're, 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 you're knocking on the door. I hear you knocking, but I'm not going to let you in because I'm changing things up. Bring it Kurt, Angle, Kurt Angle is going to bring his kids into the ring. To meet their hero, Jeff Hardy, and they're going to stand in the ring as, you know, buddies, and this is my family, and they love you, and then Kurt's going to low blow Jeff and beat the shit out of him right in front of his kids. And if that happens, you'll be doing the rest of the show alone, because you'll scare the shit out of me. (laughs) If you you can predict that, yeah, yeah. Now, I I do want to give you something to uh, chew on. 75% 75% of the folks in the SNS family have predicted Jeff Hardy to win this match, leaving Kurt Angle with a whopping 23.6%. Uh, 52% or 0.52% selected no contest. Now, here's where it gets interesting, folks. How does this match end? Well, 45.45% of you said cage escape. 44.41% of you said pinfall submission. So that is how close we are on the SNS page over at fourdown.org with your TNA lockdown predictions of this match. Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle. 45% say escape, 44% say submission, pinball, and 10% say no contest. Well, the reason I have I, I actually have Cage Escape here is because that's Jeff Hardy. That's how and, and I took cage escape. I took cage escape also. But here's what scares me: we just had a cage escape with with Crimson. Yeah, true. But so does Jeff Hardy now? Now, if we've and, and here's how here's my 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 way of thinking. Correct me if I'm wrong. As it looks like Jeff Hardy has been opened up a little bit. Um, if we've both got Jeff Hardy to win, then we both think that he's going to hit the Swanton to to do it, right? Pretty much. No, I have him escaping the cage. Well, well, yeah, he could hit. But the you've sw- got to hit the swanton to get yeah. to that point. Yes, Jeff Hardy is bleeding, ladies and gentlemen, at the top of his forehead. As his face paint on the top of his head is gone, and he's got a cut at the hairline or a little above the hairline from being ran into the fence, cheese grater style, by Kurt Angle. I don't know if that's hair coloring in his hair or if that's blood in his hair, um, but. Uh, Jeff Hardy's going with the all-black ensemble tonight, so kind of hard to tell with the white belt. Like, oh, it looks like there's blood on the ring, too. If you look yeah. where Jeff Hardy's yeah. playing, yeah. Yeah, wow. I, think he's, I think he's cut up pretty decently. Uh, I think Kurt Angle might be showing a little color as well. I'm not sure. Um, 
But what we're saying is that if Jeff's going to win this, you would think he'd hit the swanton. Would he hit the swanton and then climb out? Or would he just hit the swanton and roll over for the pinball? That's what scares me. And do we get some sick shit? Because we know, Trey, Kurt Angle is, you know, in the ring. He's Kurt Angle psych- is going to jump off the cage somewhere tonight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's a psychopath. This I would is- suspect, I would suspect, and I hate to cut you off, I, 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 I would suspect that you're on the same page with me and that we're thinking Kurt Angle is going to do a moonsault off the cage and miss. Well, Kurt Angle's one of those guys who, when he gets in the ring... Or does he hit one tonight? I don't think he's ever hit one, has he? I think he always is missed. Well, yeah, and he's like Triple H and Taker and these guys who, when that bell rings, he just goes somewhere else. You know, he's he's in a trance right now. This guy is crazy, and you remember what Kurt said, <laughs> just don't stay up there too long. If you're going to do it, just do it. Don't look down, just do it. But, you know... I'm wondering if we see a swanton from the top of the cage by Jeff Hardy. Because mm. that's a crazy bastard, too. <laughs> oh, Jeff Hardy. Is that a swanton? Holy I just happened, shit. I just happened to look up and heard, no, no, no. And I looked up and I saw Jeff Hardy crash. I don't know what happened. Well... Jeff Hardy, you know, I, I turned away for a second, too. It looked like a suplex from damn high up. Come on, TNA, give us a replay. Holy shit. And both these guys are incapacitated right now. Wow, man, if we see a, a 10 count and this is a no contest, wow. Here it is, Trent. Oh, man. Shit. Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy are just going crazy at each other. Kurt Angle laying the fist to Jeff, kicking the shit out of him while he's down. Kurt's favoring his right leg, which is severely taped under the knee pad. Hardy back on his feet as Angle attempts to climb the cage, which I'm not sure why Angle didn't just go for the pinfall there. He had Jeff beaten pretty good. And beaten on the ground pretty good. Or the ankle um, lock. Uh, or I believe. the ankle lock. But the ankle lock, the ankle lock hasn't really, he's not been using that to submit people for a long time. True, true, true. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of been a setup move. And now Jeff Hardy scaling the cage, ladies and gentlemen, going to the top. You know, I wonder how long it's going to be before Matt Hardy comes back. Oh, I don't know. Could this, be, could this be the night? Uh, oh. Ooh. Jeff Hardy with a two count on your Olympic gold medalist in the middle of the ring. A very two and three quarter count for you 44% that had pinfall submission. Your butthole just puckered. Again, good match. I mean, Brian Hebner with the 10 count as both men are on their backs. crowd into the match for sure here's my thing how do you have a no contest in a cage match i mean i would wonder why the 10 count would even be utilized you know maybe i'm mistaken here but i believe in a cage match it has to end pinfall submission or escape correct there can't be a double count out i'm not 100 percent on that nor am i the guy to ask 
JJ, as, you. <laughs> yeah, as Matt, uh, Matt Hardy, as Jeff Hardy was attempting to climb out through the cage door, the referee had the door open. Hardy had his head and shoulders out. Angle put on the ankle lock and pulled him back at the ring. Hardy rolled out, reversed it, and now has and now has Kurt Angle in his own ankle lock in the center of the ring. And Angle is about to tap. Are you kidding re- me? Oh wow! He rolls over and kicks Jeff Hardy out of the ankle lock. Great spot. Oh Great spot. Oh, twist the fate. Twist the fate. Jeff Hardy hits the twist of fate on Kurt Angle. Oh my goodness. Come on, Jeff. You got to get there. That's not a that's not a door, Jeff. That's a camera hole. You can't climb out. Well, you might be able to fit through there, but uh oh, here we go. Jeff Hardy climbing out to the top rope gingerly after being beaten by Kurt Angle hits the Swanton. Jeff Hardy has hit the Swanton on Kurt Angle. What a camera angle! Holy shit! I think he's gonna do it again. Jeff Hardy hit the swanton on one side of the ring and no, rolled what? over Kurt and is now climbing up <laughs> the other side to hit the second swanton in a row, back-to-back swantons. One, two, three. Oh, no, a two count. Two oh, count only. Really? really? Oh, man. Yeah, oh, you know. man. I have not seen a pinfall that close in a long, long time. Here's me lighting a cigarette for this match. I cannot believe that Kurt Angle just kicked out of not one, but two Swanton Moms from the top rope. And what this tells me now, if I'm if I'm Jeff Hardy, and I know the crazy shit that this guy has done in the WWE. Top of the cage. It is time to go to the top of the cage as Kurt Angle is begging Jeff. No more. No more. Oh, nut shot and into the cage goes Jeff Hardy. Woo. If I'm Jeff, I'm thinking the only way to finish this guy off is the top. Olympic slam. Only a two count. That hasn't been a finisher for a long time for Kurt Angle. That's okay. You know, look, he kicked out of, you know, Jeff's stuff. And, of course, now Jeff's going to kick out of his stuff. You know how I know? Oh, you know how I know it wasn't over? Because Kurt hadn't pulled down his straps yet. Which he does (laughs) almost on cue. Oh, man, what a fucking match. Zeus in the chat hit it right on the head. Give this match 10 more minutes. It'll be match of the year. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. Oh, Kurt uh, Angle goes for another Olympic slam. Hardy kicks him in the gut, reverses, and gives Hardy or gives Angle his own Olympic slam. And now Jeff's taking his shirt off. We're getting close to the end, folks. Yeah. Hardy going up to the top turnbuckle for a third swanton. Jeff, you got to go to the top of the cage, buddy. You got to go to the top. He's climbing to the top. Jeff Hardy has climbed to the top of the cage. He is pandering to the fans. He's standing up on the top of the cage. Kurt Angle down below. It's time for the big swanton bomb. And he nails it. He nails it from the top of the cage. Swanton bomb. He rolls up Kurt Angle. One, two, three. And Jeff Hardy is your winner. You know what? There's no need for me to talk. Match of the night, ladies and gentlemen, so far, but we are not done yet. Jeff Hardy 
I told you. He hit the swanton. He rolled off of... You know how he rolls over the opponent when he hits the swanton right? He right. hits the swanton. He rolls over Kurt, jumps up on the other turnbuckle, which he popped up. He popped up facing the turnbuckle on the opposite side. So he went ahead and climbed it, hit another swanton, got a two and nine-tenths pin on Kurt Angle. I told you at that point, he had to go to the top. He had to go to the top of the cage. He did, and he hits the swanton off the top of the cage for the one, two, three, and there crazy you have it. bastard. You, you got to be a little bit crazy. You, you have to be. Well, the good thing is, and I'm not, I'm not knocking Jeff Hardy. However, that is not the tallest cage that we have seen. Oh, no, I know, but still. I mean, and, and you know what? Kurt's getting. Would, too, I, would I get up there? No. Yeah. I mean, Kurt's getting too old for this shit as far as going to the top of the cage. You know, if Jeff can do it, let him get the spot. And you know what? I don't ever want to hear any of that bullshit Triple H syndrome given to Kurt Angle because, man, he put this guy over. Jeff Hardy looked great, he looked perfect. And I'm hoping, man, you know what? You want to get high, Jeff? This is a good way to do it, man. Adrenaline rush, and the crowd's going apeshit nuts for Jeff. And the good thing is Jeff is circling the ring now, <coughs> shaking the hands of all the fans that paid to come see them in Nashville tonight at the lockdown pay-per-view. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Your match of the night so far do not, could not, would not, should not. I would never want to follow this in a million years. And if I'm TNA booking, I think this is where you have to put a match that nobody's going to care about anyway. And that's the Eric Young ODB um, intergender tag team title, knockout title match, tag team titles. It's got to be because you need that letdown. You need that pause, that piss break uh, before people get in to the main event, which is going to be James Storm, Robert Roode. Well, it's four minutes after 10 Eastern time. So, I mean, yeah, you, you know, I feel like I need to come down from that match. And I bet you a lot of people in the arena do too. I mean, right. And, and the thing about it is I'm thinking, I'm thinking that you got to give Rude Storm at least 30 minutes. Oh yeah. You know, and to talk a little bit about Rude Storm, you know, Trey and I talked about this earlier off the air, how great I thought that that segment was Thursday on Impact with basically, you know, Rude telling Storm, you know, I, we were never friends. We were just doing this because we had success, but we always hated each other. And then him telling James Storm, you keep saying sorry about your damn luck. Well, you didn't have much luck with your dead brother and father. And then I love that it didn't come to blows. I love it was just the two of them button foreheads and shaking like they wanted to kill each other. And we can I back. can I give you a little insight? And this is where a lot of the wrestling media hates me, and this is where a lot of the wrestling fans probably hate me. No, but 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 I've I've been there. I've told stories before where Harris and Storm have called me out of the blue to talk about different things. 
I can tell you 100%, and I have other people that can back me up on this, what you got on Impact, that storyline Thursday about how we were never really friends, we just stayed together because of our success, that was America's Most Wanted. Storm and Harris personally did not get along. Wow, really? And, yeah. And even in hanging out with them in Nashville, it was like pulling teeth to get James and Chris to hang out at the same time at the same place. Wow. And if they did, like you'll see pictures of us in one place. If you look at it, you'll see us with James, and then you'll see us in a different spot with Chris. And the, the, the funny thing is, is that we would start the night out at one spot and we'd be set together and then they would split up and, and James would go mingle with other people. And so would Chris. Yeah. But on and the other hand, you know, they, Chris wanted, Chris wanted to split up America's most wanted a long time before they finally split them up. I'll tell you that. But I mean, on you know, I understand what you're saying, but, with James Storm and Rude, man, you got to be friends. You know, for James Storm to get with Rude before that segment and say, you know what, it's okay. I'm giving you okay to say that. That, you know, talk about my father, talk about my brother. And what's you, really it, ironic about that is, is that in real life behind the scenes, Harris was really good friends with Robert Rude. <laughs> And so when they broke them up, America's Most Wanted, and Chris went to the WWE, I, that's what I thought was so ironic is they put James with Chris's real-life best best friend and road, and road partner. You got to love the business, man. You, you, you got to love pro wrestling. So, I mean, I never really talked a whole lot about that in the past, but and I wish JSK were still here because he could shed a whole lot more light on that. Um. But that's pretty much the gospel truth of it all, is that James wanted to break up America, or Chris wanted to break up America's Most Wanted a long time before they actually broke up. As ODB and Eric Young, the uh, newlyweds, enter the arena wearing Nashville Predator hockey jerseys, did Nashville beat Detroit tonight? I couldn't tell you. I know the only reason I know that is because I follow Nashville hockey because I, I love the Nashville area. If if I could retire anywhere in the United States and move there and spend the rest of my life anywhere, it would be in Nashville. Um, but I'm a Detroit Red Wing fan, so for the two of them to, to play each other, of all the teams to play each other, kind of pissed me off. But uh, Nashville did beat Detroit today 3-2. So big pop for the newlyweds as they come out wearing Nashville Predator hockey jerseys and they drink out of ODB's flask. And You know, I got to tell you, for a big gal, Thursday night when she stripped down to her skivvies, ODB didn't look too bad. Yeah, I talked about this on Facebook. I mean, you know, she plays this dumpy character because that's just her gimmick. But, I mean, if that gal put on some makeup, really wore a nice outfit... I'd, I'd have no problem spending an evening with ODB. I'd buy her a few beers. There you go. At the end of the night, she'd do you, but that's all right. Sometimes that's good. I'll take it any way I can get it. I'm sure you will. As uh, ODB starts the match with Sarita and Eric and his beard go to the uh, corner, 
how hot did fucking Serena look the other night? Or Rosita? I mean, I was getting pissed off at that wedding. And I was like, man, really? And then she came out and I was like, okay, I have no problem with it now. You know, I've thought about this. And, you know, I heard a lot of people bitching about the ODB, Eric Young thing. And to be honest with you, I did it earlier in the night. I'm tired of the whole knockout tag team title aspect of it. Like I said before, you can have the comedy of the two of them together, intergender wrestling tag team, but you don't need to put titles on them. That's disrespectful to titles, I think. Um, And the wedding segment itself, I thought was hilarious. You know, these two hot chicks come out and tell Eric, you know, if you marry that cow, you'll never have a chance to get with anything like this and blah, 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 blah. And the fact that he turned his back and said, hey, I don't want those skinny bitches. I like a girl with some meat on her bones. You know, and ODB played it up well. She even teared up. Yeah, and then not to embarrass ODB, he stripped down his underwear to say, you know what? I don't, I, I don't mind making an ass of myself, too. And he made the preachers take off his clothes. I mean, you know, uh, as a quick pick in this one, it doesn't really count or it doesn't really matter because this is yeah, a- it's not on fourdown.org. This is the, this this pick doesn't count. But if you had to make one, I'm gonna pick ODB and Eric just because they've got the positive momentum. I think at some point we're gonna see dissension, but it's too soon for that right now. So I think they go over and, and remain the happy couple. And in a spot that you guys, if you're not watching, might have missed. Um, <laughs> it, there was a spot where Rosita was laying on the ground. Or which, one of them was laying on the ground. Eric took the other one and threw her on top of... Uh, they, he threw them on top of each other. So that, uh, what, what, what's her name? Rosita and the other one's name is what? Serena? Yeah. I think you had Serena laying on top of Rosita and Eric slid the ring and counted one, two, three. And ODB looked at him like, what are you doing? And he just said, I don't know. And he just pandered to the crowd and laughed and <laughs> jumped up, jumped up on the top turnbuckle and was kicking at him like a scared little girl. It was pretty funny. Are we sure that Charles Shane isn't booking wrestling right now? Cause we've got Eric Young with this beard. We've got Daniel Bryan with the beard, CM Punk with the beard. I'm starting to get scared here. I just shaved my beard off because of that. I was like, God damn, everybody's got a beard now, so I shaved mine off. I will never cut my goatee. Well, I didn't say I don't have facial hair. I've kind of got the uh, Triple H Lemmy look going with the. Well, I'm middle, an ugly the, the middle. The middle is the middle is shaved out of my goatee. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say. I'm an ugly motherfucker, so I got to keep. Yes, it. you are. <laughs> I'm the only thing sexy about this tag team, and you know what? I'm getting older, so I know that it ain't going to be that way for long. So <laughs> I'll go ahead and make my quick pick. I think because of the momentum, I'm going to go agree with you that uh, it's too early for the dissension that will come later. We all know what's going to happen. I'm going to go with Eric Young and ODB to beat the uh, Mexican Exchange. <laughs> oh, ODB is just kicking everybody's ass. Eric Young, you get in there, she might kick your ass. And then ODB gets the one, two, three. 
Eric didn't do anything. All Eric was was comedy relief. It was ODB versus the other two bitches. But again, as far as, you know, blocking the show, again, I, I don't mind this. Okay, yeah, it, it was kind of, you know, not something I would say I was looking forward to, but it helped let us catch our breath after that last match. So that's good booking, good blocking right there. And now coming up will be the match that everyone has been looking forward to the most, you know, personal issues in TNA. <laughs> oh, Eric Young just cracks me up. ODB bends over and lifts up her, her uh, skirt. Eric Young gets ready to slap her on the ass and says, wait a minute. And then does the Ric Flair, bounces off the ropes and slaps her on the ass. And the best thing about this match was Eric kept his pants on. Thank God. All right. Eric looks like, I was going to say, he's been working out a little bit more, too. No? I mean, he looks... He's he's, he's a pretty big dude. (laughs) I mean, I like Eric. I've always liked Eric. We had Eric on the show a long, long time ago, and he's really a super smart guy. I mean, he's, he's like idiot savant smart, where he's just so smart that you know, it, it amazes you how smart that guy is. Um, why don't we go ahead and take our final break as we get ready for the main event. They're going to do a little bit of setting the match up. We all know why we're here. We all know what has happened to lead us to this point with, you know, James Storm and Robert Roode. Um, when we come back, I will tell you the stats on this match and how it was predicted by all you crazy bastards of the SNS radio family on our 4down.org page. As the 4down.org season kicks off a brand new season, we hope to find out later tonight, early tomorrow, that we are smart. We are number one overall in their league, as we've been number two the last two pay-per-views, I believe. And for a league that we've only been around for two, not even two months now, that's pretty damn impressive in itself. So with that being said, let's go ahead, Brass Eye, and send it to a break. We'll come back with your main event. We are covering TNA Lockdown, SNS Radio Network style on Sunday Night Showdown. The Bronx Father, I'm the Trey Dog. We'll be right back with more. Don't go anywhere. It's about to get good right here on the SNS Radio Network. I'm a rockin' southern girl running wild and free Hey, y'all walkin' through the door High-class style country to the core Hey everyone, this is your hardcore country knockout, Mickey James, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. I'm not the kind of girl that ever gives up If anybody tries to bring me down They'll be picking themselves up off the ground Cause my rhinestone Luke Casey boots Will kick your ass back to its roots Hey 
Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments, and old-school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time! Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNAondemand.com, the place to access over 300 hours of classic TNA programming, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. TNAondemand.com is the ultimate resource for pay-per-views and exclusive TNA programming. Log on to gain instant access to every TNA DVD ever released. Go to TNAondemand.com to get started right now. Christopher Daniels and the gospel according to the fallen angels says that you are listening to the SNS radio network. All right, welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown. I am the Trey Dog alongside the Bronx Father. And we are getting ready for what is going to be your TNA lockdown main event live from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, If you've been watching the show and listening to us, we thank you very much. Um, If you've been watching the pay-per-view and while we were on break, you saw Robert Roode cut a promo 
Um, big build up to why we're here and what brought us to this point between Rude and Storm. And I'm looking forward to this, Broxy. I, I know that I'm personally invested in this match a little bit more because i got to be honest with you guys, and, I, and I'll lay it all out on the line for you. In the last year or plus, you know, I've seen Shawn Michaels retire. I've seen Triple H basically retire. Undertaker basically retire. You know, everybody, Edge is gone. All my favorite wrestlers that I, that I you know, watch this sport and, and love are gone. TNA, there's no doubt about it, is my favorite company. If you don't like that, fuck you, I don't care. You know, I don't tell you how to live your life. Don't attempt to tell me how to live mine. Um, but within that company, through personal reasons and the fact that I've hung out and drank way too much with the guy, James Storm is my favorite wrestler in TNA. And it's good to finally see him getting into the main event as a singles wrestler. It's, it's overdue. I think he's deserved it. I think he's earned it. I think he's ready for it. And... I'd like to see him win the gold tonight as, you know, my favorite wrestler and drinking partner. I know it's personal, but that's just the way I see it. I, I'd like to see him win the belt. Either way, it works. If he doesn't win, it has to chase some more. I think that might be drawing things out a little bit too much as emotionally invested in this matchup as we all are because it's been the main focus of TNA programming for several months. Um... But either way, whoever walks out of here with that strap, the show will go on. And I think that it would be uh, better for James to pull it off in Nashville. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But that's my two cents on this match. This is the reason I'm a fan. I don't have to. I don't have many reasons that I'm a fan anymore, like I did when I was a kid. So we got to hold on to those that make us keep watching. And this match right here is one of them. As Bobby Roode makes his way to the ring with the championship belt, James Storm drove his pickup to the ring, which is pretty cool. Um, with that being said, it's championship time. And uh, I think we all know who my pick is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Cowboy James Storm. I'll toss it over to you, Bronxy. What do you like about this match? What do you like about how we got to this point? And... Who are you going to Well, you know, <clears throat> everyone has had a friend who screwed them over. Everybody has had, you know, that guy who they thought they could trust. And not only that, James Storm's almost like a stone-cold Steve Austin. He's that blue-collar, beer-drinking guy that the 90% of blue-collar workers in this country can relate to. He's a guy who I want to win. And Rude has done such a great job, to his credit, of being a heel, being just a bastard. And it's always great to see two friends break up and go at it. It's wrestling history, classic. I've got James Storm going over here. I think it's his time, and I think he's who the fans want to see have the title, and it will send everyone home happy if he wins. I would agree with that as uh, Bobby Roode is still making his way to the ring. I'm sure stalling for time. Great turnout from what I can tell um, as far as people in the crowd here in Nashville. As my wish came true, um, Montgomery Gentry 
is at ringside with Dixie Carter. And uh, hopefully when the match is over, they'll get their just revenge on one Bobby Roode. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, well, you know what? We're going to start this one outside the cage, boys and girls. James said, I'm tired of waiting. Got out, ran around the cage, grabbed Bobby Roode, and is now laying the fists to him outside on the guardrail as both men are fighting outside the cage before this match starts. All right, something unique, something we haven't seen all night. A match starting outside the cage. No problem with that. And, I mean, this is just, you know what? Both of these guys are technically proficient, but I think this match, you're just going to see two guys beating the shit out of each other. That's all this is going to be, and I have no problem with that. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of an echo in my headset from you, Bronx. I'm sure you're getting a little echo from me as well, so... Maybe the Zen Master in the uh, studios there, the, the uh, one and only Brass Eye, can fix that up for us. As the gentleman fighting outside the ring still, uh, James Storm in the red trunks with Cowboy on him, and Robert Roode wearing a diaper, white trunks that say It Factor. Cowboy's going to have him a beer outside the ring. <laughs> And he'll spit some on Robert Roode. You know, when people get beer spit in their face on this show, they act like it hurts. Well, it's 4 to 6% alcohol. It doesn't hurt. I mean, come on. I'd almost bet that, that those bottles are full of water, but I don't know. Possibly, possibly. Knowing James, uh, I don't know. Could be. Anything's I mean- possible. Well, if he's, you know, the, the beer-drinking guy you say he is, then you know what? Oh, he is. Splash beer on themselves, so. <laughs> it is a haircut, but that's another story for another time. Uh, James Storm in control of Bobby Roode right now and is just beating the ever-living shit out of him all around the outside area of the cage as these two have yet to get into the cage. The referee is saying, come on, get in here. Earl Hebner on the outside looks like baby Hebner on the inside. Robert Roode gets control of James Storm and is now grading him into the cage. And Storm says, nope, I think I'm going to switch that around and try to put you in the cage. And now they're going back and forth, laying the big fists to each other. Storm getting ready to take a ride. He reverses it and throws Roode into the guardrail back first. Ooh, that had to hurt a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and again... I don't have any audio here on this match, but has there even been a bell? I would assume not. I don't think so. I mean, these guys haven't even gotten in the ring yet, and they're just beating the shit out of each other on the outside. So let's go ahead and update you on our 4down.net or 4down.org picks for TNA's lockdown main event, James Storm overwhelmingly 68%. Wow. So 68% of the SNS radio network family think James is going to hit that last call super kick and be crowned a champion tonight. Uh, 31% for Bobby Roode. And uh, 63% think it's going to finish with a pinfall or a submission. 27% with a cage escape. I'm going to go right now and let you know that I picked James storm and a pinfall submission. Cause I don't see either one of these boys climbing out of the cage. Hell, they haven't even got in the damn thing yet. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I have it the same, uh, you know, pinfall or submission and uh, by Jake Storm. And Uh-oh, we've got color. James is cut open. James is bleeding. I talked to the break with these two about how what a great bleeder he is in the one match where he was bleeding all over the place. He's like and, that Ric Flair. Yeah. Storm is cut open pretty good, bleeding pretty good on his forehead. Robert Roode decided he wanted to drink some of Storm's beer. I like how the ref is like, please get in the ring. He's just given up all semblance of trying to get control over this. And they are still beating the living shit out of each other on the outside of the ring as the camera cuts to Eddie Montgomery of Montgomery Gentry and his wife. Yeah, they're showing them a bit too much. I think your prediction is going to come true. They, they're going to get involved at some point. Well, I put on our uh, fourdown.org predictions that there would not be any interference, and 75% of you agreed with me. Yeah. Leaving uh, 24% of you to disagree with me. Well, we will see. I mean, they are finally in the cage. Yeah, I was just going to say that. They're finally in the ring. After about, what, eight to ten minutes being outside. And uh, James Storm is bleeding profusely from his forehead as Robert Roode continues to throw him into the steel cage uh, head first. Um, finally in the cage to start the match. The bell has rung, and Roode is going to work on the wound of James Storm in the middle of the ring with rights and lefts and wiping the blood off of his hand every time he does it. Yeah, a lot of color. You know, he's bleeding worse than anyone I've seen tonight. I mean, we had some a little bit of color before, but not like this. Oh, yeah. He's going to be gushing by the end of this match. He's gushing. I have a feeling they both will be. Yeah, possibly. I have a feeling that before this match is over with, it's going to be a bloody massacre. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it, it, it's locked down, and we know that's what you're going to expect. It's a cage match, and, and I'm willing to bet that cage is going to be used. These two guys are going to get outside the ring at some point soon. Two count for the first pinfall of the night. Rude trying to pin James Storm. Got a two count. Storm trying to get to his feet. Rude trying to uh, keep him from that as he steps on his hand. Well... I mean, it, you know, we still got plenty of time left. Like you said, Storm hulking up. Yeah. <laughs> Storm's hulking up. He's taking a few shots from Robert Roode. Now he's saying, hit me, hit me. Come on, hit me. And he returns the blows, writes, 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 keeps hitting Roode, keeps hitting Roode. Reversal. Storm to the ropes. Roode with the elbow and down goes Storm as Roode regains control of a bloody James Storm. Covers him for a one, two, Two count. Man, you know, Trey, if you would have told me like three, four years ago these two guys would have been feuding, I would have said no way. Well, if you told me two years ago they were going to be feuding, I'd have probably agreed with you because every good tag team has to come to an end. Well, yeah, but I mean, it it doesn't necessarily happen in TNA all the time. You know, but it, as far as it getting as personal as it's gotten, you know, it's just like James Storm really at the end of the night. 
kind of needs to win this match just because it seems to me that, you know, Rude has been getting the better of everyone for the past few months. And that it, kind it's, of, including Dixie Carter. Correct. I mean, including Dixie's husband, you know, and including Sting. You know, I mean, everybody that has gotten in, in, in Bobby Roode's face, he's spit on, he's shunned, he's turned his back on. I mean, even with even when he had a guy in his back pocket doing his bidding like Bully Ray, Bully Ray probably said, fuck you, I'm tired of being your lackey. I'm not doing this shit no more. Yeah. I mean, he's that heel who even the heels don't like. That's how bad he's gotten. I think he's a great champion for the company, and I think that he will be champion again and will probably be champion several times. Um, but I just think it's time for James to win the belt. And I think that, you know, down the road, Rude will get it again. I think that uh, James, the only thing that bothers me is I think they're getting ready to throw Hardy in the mix. Yeah. And I don't think a James Storm, Jeff Hardy feud would sell like a Robert Rude, Jeff Hardy feud would because Jeff and, and, uh, you know, James are, are, are baby faces. James is getting raked across the, the, the graded part of the fence, like a cheese grater to work some more on that open wound. Rude's got blood on his face, but I believe it's from James. Yeah. So as James is raked across the fence, like a cheese grater, He's got the crimson mask. He's got the blood on his own white tape. Robert Rude showing signs of blood from James as well. Um, this one's a long way from over. I think, again, both men are going to be bloody. But I say I don't think James and age, I don't think James and, and, and Jeff Hardy would work. But then again, look at what a great match James and AJ Styles was. And they're both baby faces. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so who knows? Who knows? I just know that, you know, when you do these predictions like we do and you go on and you're on the air like we are, and you throw it out there. You want to win. You want to be right. And you make a prediction like James Storm, knowing that Jeff Hardy's in the background. It makes you go, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they don't quite put the belt on James yet. And then Jeff and, and Rude have a feud. But then if Jeff were to get the belt from Rude, then that puts James on the on the back burner again because then you're back to the same point where you don't want James and Jeff going at each other. Well, you know, the more you have to think about it, the better the job the booking committee is doing. You know, I don't want to be able to say, I want my predictions to be hard and for them to take time because that means you as a company are doing a good job. Well, but you want things to make sense, and you want things to come in due time. As Storm's hulking up again, he's hitting himself in the forehead, slapping himself in the face. Now he's got Rude by the throat, throws him into the turnbuckle, starting to lay the rights to him one after another. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Then he starts kicking him in the gut. He's stumbling a mud hole and walking it dry, as they would say, as he's choking him now with his boot, standing up on the top turnbuckle. Rude gets to his feet, storms in chase, grabs him, slingshots him to the ropes. Rude reverses it. Storm comes off with a double axe handle, hits him in the head with a clothesline now, and has got Rude backed up into the corner as Storm, still the only one bleeding in the match thus far. Rude is on the ground while Storm looks through the cage at the fans, exhausted. Oh. 
man, that was, oh my God, that was just a flurry of mo- crowd going ape shit nuts. And I they don't are bl- definitely behind James Storm. Rude oh, up on the top turnbuckle, rude to the ground after a nice big chop to the face. But, you know, I don't mind this whole hulking up thing because it's so personal. You know, Storm is the guy who has something to prove here, not Root. That's a good point. And it's not necessarily hulking up. It's just, you know, it takes a lot to take a redneck down. <laughs> Looks like we're going to have the eye of the storm. Rude gets him, or Storm gets Rude up, goes to the eye of the storm. Rude reverses it, goes to kick Storm in the gut. Storm catches his foot, shoves him down, slingshots him into the fence head first. I believe if Rude goes down here, you're about to see some color in the artificial way. You know, I almost see a ref bump coming in this match. What about you? I, I just um, we might because we haven't had one yet tonight, right? Um, James Storm still bleeding profusely from that wound on his head. He's cut open really good. Yeah, Rude and- trying to get back up to his feet. Storm kicks him in the gut. Sets him up for the eye of the storm again. This time he's got him. A storm is spinning. Let's him go. Rude hits the mat. Kind of a weak eye of the storm, to be honest. Gets a two and three quarter count on Rude, and Rude kicks out of the eye of the storm. Yeah, and I think James Storm's, you know, bleeding is was hard way, if I'm not mistaken. That doesn't look like a. I think he's, you know, legitimately busted open. It's not well, a, if he. If he wasn't, and that fence is as sharp as they led you to believe it is, then uh, the grating of the face would have done it, but he was bleeding long before then. Um, I think you're right. I think he's bleeding the hard way. And uh, that happened from something that they did outside the ring before the match. Boom. Spinebuster, rude on Storm as he rolls Storm up for one, two, two and a half as Storm kicks out. Now rude busted open. Both men are wearing a crimson mask, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, James Storm a little bit more bloody than Rude, but Rude just started bleeding as uh, Rude is cut open in the same spot, basically as Storm, right at the top of the forehead, blood coming down the nose and eyes. And you know what? Again, great booking by keeping the blood to a, a minimum in all the previous matches because your final match is where you really want to let it let it all go. Right. You want to sell it. You want it to sell and 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 the the fact that they kept it so minute in all the other matches, unless it happened on accident purposes, you know, uh, leave the blood and the storytelling of how you know it's all or nothing, and I'm going to give you 150 percent and leave everything in the middle of the ring when it's over with to the main event. Yeah, you know, if the whole pay per view is a blood fest. You get to this match and you're like, eh, blood again. But now, because you really haven't seen much of it all night, you know, you mark out when you see this. And and it's a great, so far, great closing match. And we uh, will James Storm gets his comeuppance as he gets a chance to rake Rude's face in the cage like a cheese grater. Now he's going to bring him back in, DDT off the second rope, kind of like Randy Orton does. In the WWE, but nope, it's reversed by Rude, and he throws Storm outside over the ropes between the cage and the ropes. There's not a whole lot of land for him to land on there, and uh, I'm sure that has to hurt when you're thrown up against that cage, either frontwards or backwards. For those of you joining us 
I'm glad you're here. For those of you just joining us, where have you been? We've had one hell of a night with TNA Lockdown. Uh, we are normally a tripod. Tonight we're a duo. It's myself, the Trey Dog, and the Bronx Father, Tony Mirabelli. And uh, we are doing your play-by-play coverage of TNA Lockdown. I want to welcome everybody from 4down.org joining us for the first time. And we hope we completely kick your ass in the pay-per-view predictions as we start a new season. As Robert Roode is trying to escape the cage through the door, James has got an ankle lock on him and pulls him back into the cage. Earl Hebner shuts the door. And boom, Crippler crossface. Robert Roode on James Storm in the middle of the ring. He has got the Crippler crossface on right in the middle of the ring on James Storm as James is attempting not to tap out. Wow, yeah, I mean, great use of a submission move, you know, in the cage. We haven't seen much of that tonight either. You know, these guys are bringing a unique aspect to the whole pay-per-view in what they're doing. We haven't even seen anything close to an escape through the door, and we've seen that now. What they're doing is they saved every damn thing for this match. And that's the way it should be. It's your world title. It should seem important. Right. This is the one that should tell the story of all or nothing. Leave it all in the ring. You know, all your blood, all your sweat, all your tears. As James Storm rolls out of the crossface and gets his feet into the ropes, young Hebner breaks up the crippler crossface as Storm's rolling out of the uh, crossface attempt almost had Rude in a pinfall situation. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the threat of the countout or if it was the fact that he was about to pin Rude that Rude let Storm go and is trying to catch his breath while he stands up waiting for Storm to get to his feet. He grabs him by the hair and says, okay, here we go. From uh, the cross face, now we're into the turnbuckle as Robert Rude is laying chops and fists on James Storm. Both men bloody at this point. Both men showing signs of fatigue as they have given you everything they have so far in this match. A great main event for a great pay-per-view. These guys are doing everything they can to top the Hardy Angle match, which will be hard to do. As both men are now standing on the top turnbuckle, looks like we're going to get a superplex off the top from Rude to Storm. Storm is blocking by holding the cage. He won't let go. Rude's having a hard time getting him up. Looks like Storm's going to try to reverse it with a couple of jabs to the face and knock Rude off the top turnbuckle. Now both men are up on the top turnbuckle, swinging at each other and connecting with fist after fist. Nobody has the advantage here as both men are exchanging blows. And as I say that, Robert Rude shoves the head of James Storm into the cage, the back of the head. Storm slumps, falls to his ass on the top rope, and Rude is trying to climb out of the cage by using James as a stepping stone. James grabs him by the boot and says, not so fast, my friend. Oh, Robert Rude just kicked James off. He's at the top of the cage all by himself. All he's got to do is climb over. Storm catches up with him, grabs him by the head. Rude is hanging from the cage, his body on the outside, head on the inside. Storm on the top rope, holding him by the hair, the neck, the head, whatever he can get a hold of. As Rude is laying blows to Storm's head, Storm is pulling Rude back into the ring, body part by body part, over the top of the cage as he stands on the top rope. Rude is doing everything he can to fight him off with blows and knees to the head. Rude is now back in the ring as both men are standing on the top rope. 
They're exchanging blows, Storm and Rude, back and forth. Both men tired, both men fatigued, both men bleeding profusely. They are now walking the top rope, Undertaker style, while holding on to the cage and exchanging blows. James with his right, Rude with his left, back and forth, back and forth. Rude runs Storm's face into the cage. Storm returns the favor. They are both fatigued, both about to fall, holding on by a thread as they're holding on to the cage and standing on the top rope, exchanging blows, shoving each other's faces into the cage, back and forth. Your turn, now my turn. Who's going to win? Who's going to stand up last and be able to climb out of this cage? I was expecting a superplex, but a few times a superplex. But, I mean, come on. These guys have been up there, what, five fucking minutes? I mean, Jesus. Oh, Storm gets the upper hand as he shoves Rude's face into the cage, and Rude falls back into the middle of the ring. Storm is all by himself, but he's struggling from the fatigue to climb. He's getting up. He's over the cage with one arm. He's trying to climb, but he stops and turns and looks at Rude. I see where this is going. He had the chance to climb out, ladies and gentlemen. James Storm was halfway out of the cage. He stopped. He looked back at Rude. He's standing on the top rope waiting for Rude to turn around. He jumps off and catches him with what looks like a code breaker from the top rope. Holy He's signaling now. It's time for the last chance, last call, super kick. Oh, man. What I can tell the chat room is into the match because nobody has said anything for about five minutes. And you know the the terrifying thing? This oh, is, there's your ref bump. There's your ref bump. I called it. James Storm hits sweet chin music on Little Hebner. Lays him out. I mean, you know, this match is coming damn close to topping Angle Hardy. Holy shit. I think so, too. I think so, too. Man, these guys are doing a great job. The cage is open. Earl Hebner has opened the cage. Rude is going to walk out. He's stalling. He's talking shit to Robert or to uh, Earl Hebner, telling Hebner to hand him James's six pack of beer that James brought to the ring. He pulls a beer bottle out of the six pack holder and goes back into the ring. This will be his undoing. Boom! Beer bottle to the skull. He nails James with the beer bottle. Oh. Right in the forehead, ladies and gentlemen. Earl Hebner now climbing into the ring. Storm covers, uh, Rude covers Storm. One, two, Storm kicks out. Oh. Two and three quarters, Storm kicks out. Earl Hebner into the ring to make the count as his son is laid out from the super kick. Robert Roode cannot believe what just happened. He's got his hands in his hair. He's rolling around the ring. I cannot believe that wasn't a three count, he's thinking. As he's climbing to his feet, both men are exhausted. Storm is laid out, still hasn't moved. Roode is arguing with Hebner. I can't believe that wasn't a, a three count, Trey. I thought it was over. Well, you would think that, but... Oh! Last chance... Boom, see you. Good night, Gracie. Last call, super kick right in the face. Oh, bang. But, but Storm knocks him in the way of the, knocks him towards the door of the cage and doesn't have any energy left to get up and cover or get him 
back towards the, the middle of the ring as Root is in the ropes. Storm up on one leg. Rude doesn't have far to go. Doesn't have far to go. And Boom, he hits him again. Oh, no. Storm hits the last call super kick again on Rude, knocking him out of the cage through the door. Your winner, Robert Rude. Wow. Wow. And you can't even, you know, give say that Robert Rude won it on his own. He won it because of just the raw emotion of James Storm. Holy shit. Now, I told you Rude was really, really close to the door. He was laying in the ropes after the first last call super kick. Storm had kicked him. He went towards the ropes, got tangled in the ropes between the ropes and the cage, and the door was wide open. They shut the cage door as Rude got close. Then James went to deliver a second kick, and when he did, he knocked James through the cage door and onto the floor, and if you can see the look... On the fans in Nashville, they are all shocked. As am I. And you know what? You mentioned earlier about Velvet losing because she needs to keep chasing. It looks like, you know, this is going to move on. Storm, they're just setting it up for when he finally does win that title. The fans are going to go ape shit nuts. Storm comes out of the ring in disgust. Walks over to Robert Roode, who they have laid the title on his chest while he lays flat on his back. They lay the title belt on Roode's chest. Storm walks over to him, picks up the belt, holds it up to the crowd. The crowd goes nuts. He throws the belt, spits on Robert Roode, flips off Earl Hebner, climbs over the railing and hugs his mom, who was there at ringside, as they fade to black. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your TNA Lockdown pay-per-view. Well done. I am fucking exhausted. Well, man, you, you were doing play-by-play like fucking JR. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that play-by-play, my friends, is not my forte. That would be that of JJ Sexay. I'm a color guy trying to do play-by-play. That's why it sounds as bad as it sounds. So I apologize for that. But I was into the match as... Despite the ending to that, which I don't agree with, but hey, I'm not on the booking committee. I was shocked just like everybody else. Despite the ending to that, what a great pay-per-view. Holy shit. Yeah, had me excited. Um, I, I can't find too many faults with it. I mean, all the matches did what they had to do. They had the filler matches where they needed to be. Like I said, very well blocked pay-per-view as well as booked in my opinion uh let's see some of the reaction from the chat room anthony farley letting people know the knockout tag team match didn't count in our picks uh, new york city franchise 718 says pay-per-view of the year so far acer says looks like a nice build-up to slammiversary uh, a lot of people are giving it a's a b plus from flair 16 time um, I, I think we all know where we are on this pay-per-view. Um, we called it all night long. Um, I'm going to give it an A minus because I did not care much for the main event ending, but I'm not going to knock that match. 
you're not going to hear me knock that match. That match was an unbelievable match. That match was great before it even started. You had color before the match even started. You had a nice, damn near 30-minute main event with these two guys fighting outside the cage, fighting inside the cage. You know, Robert Roode had a chance to win. Storm had a chance to win. Um, You know, it went back and forth. You will not hear me knock that match, but that ending I do not agree with. Therefore, with that being said, since my pick is that of me, myself, and I, and me alone, I'm going to say A-. minus. And uh, I'm going to agree with you. I, I give it an A- minus as well. Again, I-, I wasn't, you know, thrilled about the ending, but as far as the overall pay-per-view was concerned and guys busting their asses tonight... You know, the talent came through, as they always do in TNA. Definitely A-minus, great pay-per-view. And I'm, you know, I spoke about this. I'm waiting for it to get shit on tomorrow. And you know what? Why wait till tomorrow? If you shit on it, give me a reason, because I'm ready to call a motherfucker out. Well, I'm going to listen to the law when we're done. And I guarantee you that the law, live audio wrestling out of Canada... They're going to find about a billion reasons to talk shit on that pay-per-view. And I'm interested to find out what flaws they found because I found very few. One of them being the end of the main event. I'm vocal about that. I'd like to have seen James win. But, you know, who am I to say that my personal preference is better than that of the booking committee or the people that are in charge of that company? I don't pay them people. I don't sign their paychecks, nor do they sign mine. I'm just a fucking dude, a dude with a headset and opinion. You know, um, I, I, I think there were, you know, things I could have done without the Devon Robbie E match. I could have done without that. Didn't care. Matt Morgan and Crimson eh, could have done without that. Really, to be honest with you. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't much of anything. And the, you know, comedy bit there at the end, which they needed to have something between Hardy and, and, and angle and the main event. And they had to put something in there, so it might as well have been the, the the knockout tag team title match. Other than that, I thought you had a great fucking pay-per-view. And the matches that were great on this pay-per-view more than made up for the crap that was on this pay-per-view. And I'll debate anybody that wants to argue, because I'm just that kind of guy, and I'm just in that kind of mood. And every match that needed to be great was great. The matches that you needed to steal the show stole the show and that's important as well so with that being said we're going to take a short break when we come back from the break it's all about you the listener we want your phone calls and the number to call Bronxy is what um as of right now we would prefer you call 501-588-7957 uh, we know that number is working. You can check out the toll-free numbers on the SNS Radio Network Facebook page. But as uh, of right now, you can do that. You can also add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype and call us that way. And when we come back, we'll be taking your phone calls. So with that being said, we've had a pretty high-energy show. We've had a pretty high-energy pay-per-view. Don't call in and say, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? You know what we're doing. We're taking calls to wrap up this pay-per-view. Come with an opinion, come with a thought, or don't call at all. Don't waste my time. I won't waste yours. Get in, get out. Let's get as many people in here as we can. We'll be right back with more Sunday Night Showdown 
right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is TNA Superstar Magnus, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Keep it here, boys. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest running newsletter on the internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Have you been looking for wrestling radio that entertains and informs? Then make sure you tune in every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern for the four-time People's Choice Show of the Year, Wrestling News Live, with the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay, where anything can and usually does happen, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows a gasket... This match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. March of 2012, the two former hosts of the popular Causecast radio show, the Phenom Charles Shane and Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sixay, reunited on Friday nights to cover WWE SmackDown, the latest news in the world of professional wrestling, the world of gaming, and entertainment. If you tune in on Friday nights, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, on the SNS Radio Network located at www.snsradionetwork.com Perhaps you can listen to the U-Team on the new Unplugged. The band is back together!
to me, wrestling matters because this is something that I've dedicated the last 12 years of my life to. I've really tried hard to put myself out there to become the best female wrestler of all time in any genre, and it's a constant goal of mine. So to have something to believe in, to go after, is what's important to me. Don't miss Impact Wrestling, Thursdays at 9 on Spike. Impact Wrestling. Wrestling matters. This is the War Warrior Low Key, and you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. All right, and welcome back. It is your TNA Lockdown post-game show. I'm exhausted, man. Uh, pay-per-view is over. It's time for your phone calls. And, uh, you know, time to uh, hear what you have to say about what we all thought was a pretty damn good pay-per-view. A few people are already out in the chat room talking shit, but that's just because they don't have anything better to do. Um, <laughs> like I said, it'll be interesting to see what the IWC... Uh, comes up with for reasons to hate this pay-per-view. Uh, I'm not saying they can't come up with them, because I'm sure that they will. And, you know, God bless anybody who's got the balls to stand by their opinion. I, I, I worship that. Hey, please bring that kind of opinion to the show tonight when you call. Just, you know, come with an idea, come with an opinion, or don't come at all. I don't want calls saying, hey, what are you guys doing? What do you think of the pay-per-view? We've already told you that, you know, but I do want to hear what you think. So give us a call, 501-588-7957, or you can get Skype to Skype with uh, SNS Radio Network on Skype, Sunday Night Showdown, rather, uh, on Skype, 501-588-7957. we got a caller on the line. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Uh, this is Anthony. What's up, brother? Uh, first off, Trey and Bronx, you guys did a great show, and even though Shark was going to go beyond for whatever reason, you guys well, did a terrific you. job. Thank you. I'm fucking completely exhausted. <laughs> and Bronx, you don't have to worry about there being another Doorbell incident happening. At least I hope not. Doorbell? Nobody, nobody's going to be coming to the door. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, it's something fun happening on the Rewind. Bronx knows what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I didn't really listen to the paper, watch the pay-per-view, what you guys were just saying, especially Trey, you doing play-by-play, it sounded like a great pay-per-view, and I might have to sadly agree it was better than probably the Mania. Um, you know, I don't know. I've, I, I've slept since then, um, but I will tell you that I enjoyed tonight's show as a whole more than I did Mania. I mean, I don't know why we're comparing them to begin with, but... I know, they're two different um, shows completely. I know that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why we're comparing them, but if we've got to, I'll tell you that I enjoyed this show as a whole a lot more. Um, I don't know if it's because I had more to do with the calling of the play-by-play or the hosting duties on this pay-per-view show. But uh, I felt more into the pay-per-view 
And I can tell you right now, the Angle Hardy match and the main event with Storm and Rude was off the hook, man. It was fucking great. Another reason why you probably were more into it is because you're a good friend, apparently, with James Storm. You really were hoping he won the belt. I was hoping, but you know what? It ain't over. He'll get it. Yeah, but this is perfect. Cause I think Storm and Rude can be like a version of the Rock, Austin, Rock, Triple H feuds that happened. They can yeah. have a bunch of matches, but be great each time. I think so, too, and each one can be different. Well, I mean, if, if you want to make a comparison, let's, you know, check out Extreme Rules and see if it lives up to this pay-per-view, because in my opinion, and my God, I'm going out on, on a limb here, right now, as far as cages and, you know, Extreme Rules, quote-unquote, the WWE is the one who has to live up to this pay-per-view. That's my opinion. Well, I mean, I can tell you that since they suppose, and I'm doing finger quotations, so bear with me. Um, since they made the change in the booking committee to whoever it is, whatever it is, I don't care. But since they've made that change, I can personally say as a guy that has watched Damn near every episode of Impact, damn near every episode of TNA Wrestling, from the weekly pay-per-views to where we are now, today, that they have done a change for the better in a short amount of time. I can already, I can already tell you that. I can already see the changes. Um, TNA's problem has never been their pay-per-views, though. It's been their Impact product, not their pay-per-views. But I'll tell you this much. If the TNA bus... Is pulled up outside my apartment, and they're saying, based on the last six weeks, would you get on board? I'd get on board. Oh yeah. And I'm just saying, every match for basically one way or another served the purpose. It wasn't just like, oh, we'll just throw this match in for the hell of it. Except probably the TV title, but they could say that they had a rematch clause, and I right. think it's perfect excuse. Right. So, all right, man. Well, we appreciate the phone call. Uh, if you get a chance to catch the replay, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll f- probably try to watch it some way or another. All, all right, right, man. Bye. Take Have a good night. All Thank right, you. let's keep those phone calls coming. One person drops off means that opens up a line for you, and they're telling me in the chat room, Bronxy, that, of course, live audio wrestling is already shitting on the pay-per-view, saying that they were trapped watching it. There was too much blood. Oh, please. You know. Get over your fucking self. I mean, come on. You know, I don't even know what to say. We've both said it so many times. It's just, you know, I've said it before. A bus full of TNA workers could save, you know, 10 kids from a burning orphanage. And the IWC will fucking bitch because they left a, a little boy's teddy bear behind. I mean, come on, really? Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, what's up, guys? Latino seven one eight. Hey, buddy, how are you? What's up, man? Hey, man, not much, man. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I actually enjoy this pay per view. Uh, this yeah. pay per view was actually worth paying. Um, everything was good from top to bottom. Uh, the only thing that I didn't like was the ending of the main event. Yeah. But other than that, I, I really enjoyed it. It was really solid. Now, you say you didn't like the ending of the main event. Let me pick your brain. Did you not like it because of what happened, or 
Did you not like it because the guy you wanted to win didn't win? Or did you not like it because it came out of the middle of nowhere? Because I didn't see it coming. I did to an extent as I was calling the play-by-play just because I thought it was awfully weird that when Storm hit that kick, Rude landed so close to the door. Um, What was it for you on the ending of that match? Well, Well, for me, it's two things. One, Storm didn't win. And the second was basically how the match ended when he basically super kicked them and Rude just fell off from the door. Uh, to me, I didn't like that. Uh, I'd rather prefer a, a different way to, uh, to see the match end, whether it was a, a clean win or escaping the cage or through the door, but not this way. You know, I got to I gotta admit, <clears throat> when it comes to a cage match, And I, and I may, I may, I may be, I may sound hypocritical here to an extent. Maybe I don't know. Um, I want to say from my somebody correct me as I'm wrong. I know you will, but I want to say from my childhood, growing up a fan of wrestling, that cage matches were fucking cage matches, and there was no door. I mean, there had to be a door to get in, but. Most of the time, didn't the guys come down to the ring, get in the ring, and then they lowered the cage down, and there was no door, and there had to be an escape to win? Yeah. When did Sometimes. This, when did this door become an issue? I mean, why, why now do we have a fucking door, and why now do we have a, a way for people to just walk out the way they walked in? What's the, what's the triumph and victory in that? To be well, able to just walk out a fucking open door, big fucking deal. Well, it's been around for a while, and I think what it serves more to than anything is the heel taking that route. Because uh, I I know what you're insinuating. It's a pussy way out. Right. And, you know, that works for the heel. You know, the, the heroic baby face is going to climb that motherfucker and crawl out. And we've seen so many occasions where... A guy's crawling down the outside of the cage. Another guy's trying to get out the door, and it's a matter of who hits the, mm-hmm. you know, ring uh, the floor first. So, I mean, it it, I don't know. It serves a dual purpose. Is let, what me, let me throw this off of you, Latino. Um, Anthony Farley brings up a great point. He says the way the world title match ended. It fits on how Rude has been retaining his title. It fits his persona, the way that he's been since he's been champion. Um, when it all costs, if you have to take a back door, take a back door. You know, now that I've said that, does that does that do anything for you towards the end of that match? Well, uh, now that you say it, uh, I guess it does make sense. Uh, you know, seeing his last few victories, he has. Uh, Winning, winning the match by any means, whether it's uh, I mean, let's think on. about how he let's think about how he won the title in the first place with a beer bottle to the head. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, I mean, does the heel always have to fucking win by hook crook? You know, no. I would like to see, you know, if they're going to continue to leave the strap on Bobby Roode then I would like to see them let him start winning some matches legitimately as opposed to looking for the back door. Well, what happened was Rude won 
because he got into the baby face's head so bad that the baby face couldn't contain himself. If you really look at it, Storm cost himself that match. Exactly. Twice. Because he could have climbed out and there was no reason, no no rhyme or reason for him to stay in the ring and wait to hit that second last call super kick. Once he hit him the first time and knocked him close to the door, he was tangled up in the ropes between the ring and the door, the ropes of the cage. All Storm had to do at that point was walk out the door or climb the fucking cage. But he didn't. He wanted to hurt Rude. He wanted to hurt Rude so badly that he gave up a chance to win the match easily by sticking around and hitting him with one more last call. Right. Well, I guess another way uh, I wouldn't mind if uh, after Rude hit the bottle on Storm, I just walked out. Simple as that. You know, you already did the damage. Or you um, yeah, but that that would have been one of those where you just said, really, that's how you're going to end it? Like that? Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, well, I six, six to one, half a dozen to the other. I'm just saying that the way it ended tonight, I, although I agree with you, I said I wasn't a fan of it. Let me reiterate why. Two reasons. <clears throat> My guy didn't win, number one. Number two, it was such a shocking end to what was a great match, you almost feel let down. Yeah. And that's why I didn't like the ending of that match. Yeah, I mean, and if, you know, as, you know, other radio shows and people on the IWC will do, they won't sit down and think about it for a second. You know, you have to think about it where, you know, if someone said the shit to me that Robert Rude said to James Storm last Thursday, yeah, you know what? Maybe that belt wouldn't be the number one thing in my mind. Maybe the number one thing in my mind would be hurting you as bad as I could. And I can see James Storm coming out, you know, this Thursday and being humble and saying, you know what? I lost that match, but it was my own damn fault because, Robert, you got in my head and that was your plan all all along. You know, I can kind of see that. You have to take the psychology into it when you want to look at booking. Right. Uh, other than that, um, I thought the, definitely the match of the night was Angle and Hardy. Uh, just. Just awesome match uh, from start to finish. Uh, the ending was was really great. Uh, I actually thought that Hardy was going to miss that. And um, do you think this is the end of the feud for Hardy and Angle? Uh, I think so. I think Hardy's going to move on to Robert Roode now, which is the reason why they let Robert retain was because, like I said during the match, you can't have Storm versus Hardy. It doesn't work. They're both baby faces. They're both the top two I would say you could take AJ, Hardy, and James Storm and have a hard time, depending on who's doing what, to, to come up with a one, two, three as far as baby faces in that company. But those are your three top guys. You can't have two of them facing each other. It just doesn't feel right. doesn't seem right. Hard to get the crowd behind it. Hard for them to pick a favorite. Um, Rude can now come out and say, look, Storm, dude, I've given you chance after chance. You know, you keep asking for a rematch. You know, Hogan put us in a cage. I agreed to it. I've given you every opportunity to win, and you can't pull it off. I'm done with you. I'm moving on. 
and then let Jeff Hardy come out and stake his claim to being number one contender. And now you've got Rude versus Hardy, where the crowd has a definite favorite, a definite definite heel, definite face. You know, um, I think the Angle Hardy feud probably is over. I think once Jeff comes out and wants to be number one contender, Hardy will or Angle will come out and try to say he is too. You know, you might have a three way between Storm, Hardy, and Angle to see who the next number one contender is. Mm-hmm. But I think right now that you're going to end up getting a program where at the next pay-per-view, it's going to be Storm versus Hardy. Yeah. Or Rude, Rude versus Hardy, rather. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. Right. Uh, just so one more thing I want to get to. Um, you know, uh, Bronx, you were talking about um, this whole angle, um, uh, getting off the Olympic trials. Uh, I do want to get my, my thoughts on this. And I mentioned this on the Facebook page. Uh, I thought... My thought should have been if if I was Angle, I would have taken at least six months off of wrestling and just concentrate on on training for the Olympics. And this way, he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I thought it was a mistake for him to to do double duty to train and to keep wrestling for TNA. And you're probably right, but in Kurt Angle's re- uh, you know reply, I would if I'm Kurt Angle, I say to that. TNA only works like two or three days a month. Legitimately, they, you know, Kurt, Kurt could have taken off on the house show schedule. I don't know if he did or not, but Kurt could have stayed off the house show schedule where they do a, a little bit of traveling, not, a mu- not, not much. But he, in his defense, TNA only requires his, his presence probably three or four times a month. That leaves you about 25 days to train. Well, you do make a good point, but at the same time, um, Angle, he does go at 100%, and right. it only takes one move but when to you're, when get you're, stuff when injured. you're that kind of guy, when you're that kind of guy and you're that kind of performer, you don't ever think about what, what's going to happen when I get hurt because you don't think it'll happen. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was about to say that, and, and Trey, again, you know, we're thinking alike. This is a guy who's not going to go out and wrestle for TNA and say, you know what? I better cut it down to 50% because I want to make sure I get in the Olympics. No. You know, that bell rings and he goes into a trance. He's one of those guys who, you know, he, he even said it himself before on Wrestling News Live. I go out there and I want to have the best match of the night. Whether I'm, you know, the closing match, whether I'm the curtain jerker, whether I'm the match in, in between, he has to try his very best to have the best match of the night. It's just, it, it's hammered into him. So maybe it's his Achilles heel as far as the Olympics go. But if you're paying Kurt Angle to be on a pay-per-view, you know you're going to get your money's worth. Yeah, he definitely showed it tonight. Uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, last thing I want to say, uh, as I said, a really great pay-per-view. Uh, I'm grading this pay-per-view an A-. minus. Uh, it was really solid. Uh, so I got to say, that you guys did a great job on the show, and I'll catch you next time. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the compliment. Thank All you. right. Later. Very smart man, that Latino, 718. You know why? Because he agreed with me that the pay-per-view was an A-. minus. 
Well, I mean, you know, we have a listenership that's mostly fair. And, you know, you won't find that on too many other networks. Right. We've got a few that come in every now and then that want to talk shit on TNA just because it's the cool thing to do. But for the most part, our listener base will let you know what's good and what sucks. So with that being said, let's go back to the phone lines and talk to one of those listeners now with Ashley. Ashley, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Uh, first up, props for your uh, coverage tonight. Really good. Props to the Brasso as well for not screwing up like he's done on previous weeks. Oh, man. Oh, did I drop Ouch. that? Ouch. <laughs> that's that's done a little bit. <laughs> well, when he, when he randomly played the TNA theme during an episode of Why, I think it scared everybody. <laughs> but anyway, um, overall tonight, really good, actually. I'd say it was level with WrestleMania on quality. Um, obviously, like with Mania, you had a couple of matches that were like, why were they on the card? And the one that really stunk was um, Morgan Crimson. I, the, the way that finished, it was like, I don't know. Well, again, not to sound hypocritical, because I think I said I didn't like it at the beginning when it happened. But um, to me, I think the ending was the only part of the match I liked. You know, I mean, he was tangled to the ropes. His leg was tangled to the ropes. He'd already been working the knee the whole match. He'd been working that same leg. That was the leg that got tangled up with the ropes. That's why when the match was over and Crimson was already the winner, you saw Morgan laying in the ring, holding his knee like he was in pain, like he was hurt, uh, selling the injury as the reason for the loss. Um, Out of everything they did in that match, the only thing that made any sense to me was the ending, and that was because... One guy was locked up in the ropes and couldn't come out because his knee was shot, and the other guy was on the other side of the ring using the cage to climb out. So, to me, again, the ending was the only thing I did like about that match. Um, but then again, I hope that this is the end of that and they're, they're done. But with that being said, I don't know what you do with Crimson now. I wouldn't want to have to book that guy. <laughs> oh. My, well, my my pick was that they'll be like um, Goldberg, and it'll be uh, it'll come to a bit when he's got the world title, and Scott Hall will come back to TNA with a taser. Well, uh, Scott Hall could probably borrow one off the prison guard that's got him inside a jail cell <laughs> right now. But um, I think that you've got to look at wrestling this way, and I alluded to a little bit of it during the main event. It's booking one hundred and one. You know, depending on who wins, sets up who's next. No pun intended, Goldberg. Um, but if, if if Rude wins, I could see Hardy stepping up to be the next champion challenger, the next challenger to the champion due to babyface and heel. Had Storm won, I could just as easily see Crimson come out and say, hey, look, I've beaten everybody you've put in front of me. I'm undefeated, and if anybody deserves a title shot at James Storm, it's me because I'm undefeated. And then you have a Storm Crimson feud. Doesn't have to take forever; just has to take a little couple weeks. But at least give the guy a shot. And then, when you get a guy like James Storm and Crimson in a feud, it doesn't hurt Crimson to take that loss because he took it to the world champion. Right. Hmm. Yeah, and so I it's all it's all in how you lay out your dominoes. Yeah, I certainly, you know, as much as I thought the finish was a bit 
kind of meh. Actually, it made sense because it, you know, as you said, it does reflect the character because, you know, ever ever since that beer bottle, what was it? The Iron Man went to a draw at the pay-per-view and then he got a sneak win on the Impact after. Uh, uh, then he he kept the title by count out at Genesis against all odds. Uh, Sting got involved and then, okay, it was non-title, but even he kind of... Well, Sting, I guess, screwed himself over. So, really, it's been a case of every time he's really in a title match, it's not all—it's not really been him. It's other things, you know, fate getting in the way. So, right. You know, and and, and that's the thing. Come to collect at one point. That's the thing about tonight and that main event is that, as a fan of James Storm and as a fan of the babyface in the situation. And again, this is you as the, not you necessarily, Ashley, but I, you as, as the people listening. You as the fan. You're supposed to want the babyface to win by all means necessary. You're supposed to overlook the fact that he actually had not one but two opportunities to win. He screwed himself. As, as, as the fan, you're supposed to forget about that. You're supposed to overlook that to an extent. You know, um, with the way Storm ended that match and the way Rude won that match, you know, it ties into his whole persona. Win at all costs. No back door is unlocked or no back door is locked. I'll take any chance I can, you know. And it just turns up the fire on what a slimy fucking bastard that guy is and how sometimes the good guys just can't catch a break. And what it does, too, is it makes it where the more times Rude wins, the more times he sneaks out a victory like tonight when he finally does lose that title, whoever beats him whether it's Storm, whether it's Hardy, whether it's whoever, you give them a major push because now it's getting to the point where you'll pay money, you'll dedicate time just to see Robert Roode get his comeuppance. So what you're doing is every time he wins, he's hated even more by the way he wins, by the means at which he wins, and when he finally does lose, the crowd, wherever they may be, the impact zone or like tonight on the road, they're going to go apeshit nuts. Yeah. I, what I'm intrigued about as well is where this leads for impact because there was, all those, there was all those reports that earlier this week that um, TNA is going to go, well, impact wrestling anyway, is going to go through a kind of format change. It's going to be, they're going to try and reinvent the wheel or whatever. And I'm, I don't know whether that's the right move, but that kind of unfurled itself by the fact that Bischoff's gone. And I guess Bischoff will just go back to not being on screen, but probably just being a right, right. producer of what they're trying to do with the new stuff. Right. And, you know, again, I said it earlier tonight, Impact or TNA, rather, uses their pay-per-view to 
push you to the weekly show to find out what happens next. Um, tonight's show did just that because now there's a lot of unanswered questions. What happens with Bischoff? What happens with you know Storm and Rude? Who's the next number one contender? You know, are Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle finished? You know, there's all that. But Broxy brought up a good point, and I said it's it's the same thing that we talked about with the Miz and the WWE. You know, you wanted to see the Miz lose that title so badly that he became one of the best money-making champions they've had because you will spend your hard-earned cash hoping that that's the night you get to see him eat his words and lose that fucking belt. Mm. And then he wins by hook, crook, fate, accident, whatever. And now you got to pay another month's pay-per-view price to find out if that's, in fact, the night where he finally loses his belt. And that is what makes a champion a good champion. Yeah. Right. And finally, was it me, or did Ric Flair kind of look like he just wandered out of a nursing home? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he looked a little rough around the edges, but... He's also old enough to be my grandfather, and you know I, I can't really comment on what was said because I didn't hear any of it. Do I have you know no idea. I am. He kept asking the crowd, "Does he know who he is?" Well, did he ask him because he's somebody, or did he ask him because he couldn't remember? I think it was somebody, but you know, I don't know. You never know. Who knows? I guess we'll find out more on what's going to happen between Flair and Hogan on Impact this Thursday. Yep. Um, before I go, cheap plug for the open book. Um, lots of craziness and hilarity, and probably me and Sean not getting on. But we'll fight for a fight for the right to party, or just get drunk. I don't know. But, there you go. All right. Anyway. Well, thanks for calling in, man. Cheers, Dre. Cheers, Bronx. Take care, buddy. I have a sweet ass. <laughs> Is that what that one guy told me? Stop making fun of Nate. <laughs> Sweet ass to you or something. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, anybody else wants to call in, now's your chance. Lines are open. If you don't, we're going to wrap this shit up. Um, I'm just exhausted as I'm watching the replay of Eric Bischoff's beating the shit out of his son with a kendo stick. Yeah, I'm tired too, man. I want to eat and go to bed <laughs> because I'm like. And, you know, you have to do it in that order. Oh, yeah. You have to. <laughs> so, uh, let's go ahead and get one more call in here for our last call of the evening and find out who it's going to be. Um, I'm going to tune into the law and see what kind of shit they're talking on the pay-per-view before I go to bed. But well, well, I mean, you know, something, you know, one or more of our callers has compared this pay-per-view to fucking WrestleMania. Why, We're- though? I don't know why. No. I mean, that's a good thing. The fact that they were willing to bring up WrestleMania in the same breath as a TNA pay-per-view goes to show that this network and this you know, show, Sunday Night Showdown, we've got people with some intelligence. We've got people who are saying, I enjoyed this pay-per-view, maybe not as much, but almost as much as WrestleMania. When you're bringing up WrestleMania and a TNA pay-per-view in the same light, on the same night, 
where else are you going to hear that? I dare anyone to find another show that's going to have callers do that. Mm-hmm. Compare this pay-per-view to WrestleMania. Let me ask you this. And this just came to me as I'm, again, watching the replay. You know, uh, to me, this is a pay-per-view that if you didn't watch TNA and I called you up and said, hey, I'm going to send you this DVD. I want you to watch it. Tell me what you think. With the five-on-five lethal lockdown, with the great knockout title match between Velvet and Gale, with Angle and Hardy, and with Rude and Storm, and the promo, I, 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 I tend to think the promo between Flair and Hogan was pretty epic, probably. With that being said, this pay-per-view would have been an A-plus or A-minus to anybody who didn't even watch this product because the pay-per-view told all the story you need. Right. Two, three, four, five years from now, you could be going through your DVDs and see Lockdown 2012. Put that son of a bitch in and enjoy it as a great two and a half hour DVD. And to me, when you can say that about a pay-per-view where it can stand alone, that means you got a good show. That's a good night. Oh, I'd agree. So I guess we're not going to have a final call tonight. That's fine with me. Uh, let's go ahead and get the hell out of here. Want to uh, thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I was hoping we get our four down.org results before the end of the show, but we're not. We'll have to check the Facebook page for that. Um, with that being said, thanks to everybody for tuning in tonight. Thanks for everybody for listening. I had a blast doing the show. Bronx did a great job. Brass Eye, awesome job producing this show, man. We appreciate your help. And uh, Bronxy, go ahead and give us your last thoughts. Well, uh, again, I echo Trey's sentiments. Thank you for listening. I mean, tonight was a pay-per-view where if I had a friend who had never seen TNA before but was a wrestling fan, I'd have no problem handing them this DVD and using it to introduce them to TNA. Again, A minus pay per view. Both of us gave us that uh, gave it that grade. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And myself and the Trey Dog Trey, I had a good time as well. Thought the show went great. Thank you to Brad's Eye. Thank you to everyone in chat who has listened. Thank you to everyone who's called in. And uh, don't forget Wrestling News Live tomorrow night, eleven thirty Eastern, right here on the SNS Radio Network. I couldn't have said it any better myself. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and get the hell out of here. So, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for doing all your picks on 4down.org. Hopefully we come out number one. And uh, speaking of number one, we'll see you on the number one wrestling radio show on the planet, Wrestling News Live, tomorrow night, right after Raw. And uh, in thoughts that James might actually pull it off and win tonight, I wanted to hear long necks and rednecks, but even though he didn't win, 
it was such a good damn match. And Montgomery Gentry was in the audience and they were in the video. We'll just go ahead and do it anyway. So as we get out of here and say goodnight, we leave you with James Storm's long necks and rednecks. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow night for Wrestling News Live and all the other great shows here on the SNS Radio Network, Beyond the Bell, Why, The Open Book. What am I missing here? Pro Wrestling Rewind, the Elite Force Podcast with my boy, Mr. Mindwipe, and Walkie Walker, running the ropes. I think I named them all. Shit, I don't know. Forgetting that many of them is pretty good for me. And, uh, of course, Wrestling News Live. So, we'll see you guys later. Have a great night. Stay safe. Here's some long necks and rednecks. We're out. Sorry about your damn luck. I'm a creek swimming. Moonshine sipping. Beer skinning, beer drinking, Johnny Cash listening. Long necks and rednecks are my friends. Women and whiskey make a perfect blend. You know I'm coming to your town. Somebody pour me another round of them. Long necks and rednecks. and needs so don't be judging me cause I'll drop you to your knees I prefer to walk alone down every dusty road I carry my own load so don't you know son Beer skinning, beer drinking, Johnny Cashless Man!